This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show Presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. The best injuries injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, it's not your fault you got into an accident. It's not your fault you're injured. It's not your fault that you've got all those medical bills. You deserve an advocate to fight for you. Find them online, UtahAdvocates.com. Big show as always for you on a Friday. Hell yeah, it's football Friday. Is George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, just straight up a liar? The letter that he wrote to the UC Board of Regents, I think it, it, it makes you wonder how genuine George Klyovkov is. Are we on the verge of a super conference? Super four? conference. We'll talk about that. Uh, I think one of the biggest questions in Utah sports today, right now, the mystery behind the inability of BYU football to run the ball. Well, it is shocking. The level, it, it, I'm not going to say ineptitude, but the inability of BYU to run the football is a little surprising. Um, and I, I think it's going to be on display this weekend against Wyoming. And the question I would ask, Jake, who's got the bigger trap game this weekend? Is it, in fact, BYU hosting Wyoming, or is it Utah at Arizona State? No, I mean, I think it's BYU at Wyoming. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt. I think that, that you know, Utah obviously is opening up Pac-12 play, and I think that for BYU, you're coming off of uh, what I would call uh, an embarrassing loss. I think you got absolutely boat raced in Eugene, and I think that, that Wyoming uh, is a team that can really run the football um, in your, your pass or your run defense has not been good and your ability to run the football has not been good. So to me, I I, I think, you know, you just have to be better. Like I, I, I really do feel like BYU is just in one of those spots where they just have to be better. You have to be more disciplined on your assignment. You have to block better. You have to be more disciplined in the scheme and doing your job. Like that like that's how teams successfully run the football. Every guy does their individual job, which opens up a gap, and the back goes through that gap. That's what it's about. Yeah, and Harris LeChance, who joins us every Wednesday morning at 8.30 right here on the Monty Show, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, talked a lot about that. I mean, it, it, it comes down to each guy doing the job. But when it comes to trap games, I think this Utah-Arizona uh, State game, I think this is the ultimate trap game. I mean, I, I Utah is going into Tempe favored by 15 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Arizona State is not competitive. They lost to your grandma's, uh, you know, scarf knitting circle last weekend. <laughs> um, you know, otherwise known as Eastern Michigan Directional Institute of We Suck at Football. Yeah. Uh, and yet they went into Tempe and beat Arizona State. This is a trap game if there ever was one. Arizona State fired Herm. I This is going to be, I'm actually really looking forward to the Arizona game. I mean, I, I've looked at the Arizona State game, excuse me. I've looked at every way possible for BYU to lose to Wyoming, and I just don't think it's possible. Honest to goodness, I don't think it's possible for BYU to bring the Wyoming Cowboys. Wyoming. 
I don't believe it's it's possible for BYU to bring the rodeo to Provo and lose. I mean, in all seriousness, right? Like, I look at Wyoming. Their quarterback is, I mean, average is, is probably an overstatement. Yeah. Like, their run game, not good is probably too high of a compliment. Like, <laughs> you should really be able to just dominate Wyoming. Jacob Conover should get a lot of reps in this game. You should be able to see Christopher Brooks run through big holes. Like, I would assume this offensive line is going to dominate, Jake. I just don't see any way that BYU can lose to Wyoming. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's a it's a game that BYU should dominate. I, I, I just it just factually speaking, it 21 is twenty one and a half. Yeah, I mean points. this should be this should be clinical. I I I think if it's anything but a a, a three touchdown, you know, uh, win. You know, at a minimum, I think you've you've let yourself down. This to me is is 40, 50 points at least. And I think that you you look, this is a get back game for BYU. Let's yes. be honest about it. Like you you didn't do your job against Oregon. You went up in a game where all week, you know, everybody and their mom was talking about how physical you were, and then Bo Nix and that offense ran it down your your throat. Like, you gave oh, up, I want to say it was like 205 yards or whatever it was. And like, Bo Nix just gloating yeah, all week you long. know, so that's why I say it. Just, you know, like, obviously you got to put Oregon behind you, but but you can't do that till you start till you step on the field again. So I would expect a, a thrashing. Yeah, I would expect a thrashing, too. Um, big shout-out to everybody. I see a lot of commenters on the show this morning already. How about our guy Gene Stream Gamer being the first one in today? Gene Stream, what's up with you? Uh, he says, praying that I don't need to cover this next shift. Hate my work, man. Well, you know what? Well, you Tridaytrading.com, buddy. Go. There you go. A Gene Stream, honest to goodness. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. That's where you need Just to go. Just give it a chance, bro. Kurt Myers, good morning to you, friend. He says, so if the ACC and the PAC join in a super conference, that will open up the grant of rights for the ACC and the SEC, and the Big Ten will start picking them apart. See, I don't necessarily believe that's true. And let's get into this a little bit because I think this is a very interesting conversation. And the way I would jump off on this is I want to add, um, I want to add this, this situation with the Pac-12 into this this conversation. This is George Klyovkov's letter, or part of it, Yeah, to the UC Board of Regents. Look at what he put in here. Currently spends approximately $8.1 million a year on travel for its teams to compete in the Pac-12 conference. UCLA will incur 100% increase in its team's travel cost if it flies commercial. Never mind that Nothing that Klyovkov has said makes you understand that UCLA has strongly hinted that they will from now on fly charter because they are in the Big Ten. He never references, and I think that's an important point. Yeah. Klyovkov never one time referenced the fact that UCLA intends to fly their sports teams charter. Never, not one time does he mention that. Yeah. And the other thing when you read through this, you're looking at um, its assistant coach salaries. Um, you're talking about coaching salaries and bonuses by uh, increased by 19%. Where are you getting these numbers? Where are you getting assistant coach salaries by 13%? It, it guaranteed expenses uh, will rise by 122%. And its administrator salaries by 27%. I remind you, George Klyovkov has not shown a shred of evidence to back up these numbers. 
He has not shown any information. He has nothing. Mm-hmm. Not, not a single thing. He talks about the mental health. He talks about um, the 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 drag that it will take. Yeah. But if you look at if you look at this these numbers right here, there's nothing to back this up. And all we've done is listen to George Klyovkov run his mouth about how bad things are yeah. and how this is a bad move mm-hmm. and su- supplying no supporting evidence. Listen to what he said the other day. This is this is George Klyovkov telling you how he figured out these numbers. Back to the envelope calculations on the negative impact on UCLA expenses, travel expenses and just expenses for coaches' salaries and other things just to get to the average Big Ten athletic budget. And, um, you know, we, we think that uh, the incremental money they're going to receive from the Big Ten media rights deal will be more than 100% offset by additional expenses. So you end up taking that money that you earn and it goes to airline and charter companies and coaches and administrators. It doesn't go to supporting the student-athletes. That was uh, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov on the Kanzano Wilner podcast this week. And note, he was well aware. He was well aware that there was going to be a UC Board of Regents meeting They asked the Pac-12 for a response or to provide a statement. And oh, by the way, all of this comes on the heel of this story out of the, um, out of the, where where was this? The News and Observer is where this story came from, right? And as I try to awkwardly remove the banners from the screen, (laughs) you read this and all of a sudden you see that um, North Carolina's executives the people that run the University of North Carolina yeah. were text messaging and saying, quote, should we explore a partnership with the Big 12 or the Pac-12? That's UNC Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham texting his chancellor. We could have a super conference both athletically and academically, the chancellor responded. Probably would need to be called the Athletic Pacific Athletic Conference. Maybe that's crazy, but if it gets us a better TV deal, it may be worth considering. Like, this is, to me, the only possible outcome here. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the only way that the Pac-12 has any ability to survive is if they merge with the Big 12 or the ACC. George Klyovkov, in my opinion, is a liar. Mm-hmm. George Klyovkov is a spinster. George Klyovkov is a uh, is a politician. And here's my question. Even if you keep UCLA in the conference and let's say somehow that the UC the University of California Board of Regents decides to forbid UCLA from leaving for the Big 10. Who's the winner in that? Is it the Pac-12? Because I don't see that as a possibility. You're going to have a pissed off UCLA that's not going to want to be a team player, that's not going to want to play nicely, and there's still going to be a ton of money in the hole. Yeah. How is that a win? So now UCLA goes to the Big Ten, and because George Klyovkov is a liar and a schemer, now 
they're likely going to have to give a significant amount of their profit from the Big Ten to Cal Berkeley. Which, what does that mean? Less money for students, less money for infrastructure, and it negates really the profit that you're getting by joining the Big Ten. Like, there's no there's no win here. And that's why I say when you look at George Klyovkov in this situation, George Klyovkov is a joke. And yes, I think George Klyovkov is a liar. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the biggest hypocrisy in the whole situation is that in this letter, you know, he goes on, you know, to talk about how, you know, this money isn't going to, and he said it in that soundbite too, obviously, that, that the money isn't going to go to benefiting the student athlete. And it's like, dude, like it's not going to the student athlete now, you know, like UCLA, like this isn't a conversation about how much money UCLA is going to make by, by going to the big 10. Like, let's be very clear. UCLA is not talking about profiting by going to the big 10. UCLA is talking about losing less money by going to the big 10. So they're like 10 miles in the hole of debt right now. They're saying, hey, by going to the Big Ten, we're going to dig out of that hole a little bit. We're going to start moving the right direction. And I can respect that. I don't even have a problem with that. But but my biggest issue here, with, specifically with Kulavkov, is I agree. He is spinning. He is doing what politicians do, which is I'm going to I'm gonna write a letter and I'm going to do what commissioners do. I'm going to do some commissioning and I'm going to write this letter and I'm basically going to paint the, the most negative picture that I could about about the prospect of UCLA going to the Big Ten. And I'm going to try and spin it in a way that makes it look like UCLA doesn't care about their student-athletes at their institution, which I have to believe is just incredibly inaccurate. I would guess that on some level they do care about their student-athletes, and they are trying to do right by them, which, by the way, going to the Big Ten pretty much helps every student-athlete involved because they're going to get more exposure. They're going to get more opportunities. So that's why I say I just I, I don't love – this whole situation from basically every angle. I, I don't like that 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 we're here because Larry Scott and the former regime was just absolutely terrible at their job. And so now you've got a guy in George Klyovkov who very much is coming in and trying to clean up the sins of the past. So through that process, he is, I agree, a schemer and he is a spinner and he is a yeah, fibber. I, I, I just like, I, I don't even think he's fibbing. I think George Klyovkov is straight up a bold faced liar. And I think I think he's a scammer. I think George Klyovkov is an, a, an embarrassment and a blight on the face of college football. I think George Klyovkov is no better than Larry Scott. I think George Klyovkov is 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 grasping at straws and and anything he can hang on to to keep UCLA in the conference. When what he doesn't realize is keeping UCLA in the conference solves nothing. It fixes no problems. Yeah. This conference is dead on arrival. It's over. What you need to do now is make the decision on how to survive going forward. And the biggest problem for a guy like George Klyovkov is he's worried about his own ass instead of what's best for the conference. Schemers trying to control well, their little world. But in all seriousness, when you look at the moves that George Klyovkov yes. is making, they, they make no sense in, in, in the light of, hey, what are we going to do to survive here and thrive here? They make perfect sense when you're trying to be punitive, when you're trying to damage UCLA, when you're looking for a win, when the fact is there's no win to be had here. Yeah. That's the bottom line. If George Klyovkov truly cared um, about what is best for the Pac-12 and its membership, he'd be exploring hard 
a merger with the ACC. Yeah, and I think, I, you know, as I've said several times, and we've, you know, again, we've talked about it on the show, like, the Super Conference concept is is coming to college football. Like, again, it may not be tomorrow or a month from now, but it is coming to college football. And I think that this this whole idea of the ACC merging uh, to form a Super Conference with either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 is really interesting to me because it does kind of send the message that the ACC views the Big 12 and the Pac-12 is sort of the same value. Like, obviously, geographically speaking, they're in different locations, but basically they view them as the as sort of the same opportunity. And and I think if I was George Klyovkov looking at that sentiment, it, based on what they said in, the, in, that, in that report, I would be all over that because yes. I don't believe that the Pac-12 is, is, frankly, in as strong of a position as the Big 12. I, I don't believe that, that the Pac-12 is nearly as healthy as the Big 12. So if I could somehow find a way to merge with an East Coast conference and 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 you know and and basically ensure my survival for the next, you know, however long, probably 10 years, Absolutely. you know, if you think about it cuz like something on that level, you know, you're you're talking about decades in in terms of windows in time at that point. So to me, I agree. The guy is an idiot for not being all over this. So I don't know, we'll see. We'll I, see. I, I the thing that comes to my mind is how does the Pac-12 screw it up every single time? Yeah. How does it happen? Like you, you, you just can't even, you, you can't even quantify how much money this conference has just burned. Like set it on fire and burn it. Yeah. Like you, you can't even. How much money have they not made? How much money have they wasted? How much money have they simply just spent poorly because of poor management? Is this the and George Klyovkov just continues that trend of incompetence and ineptitude. Again, the Pac-12 is dead on arrival. Yeah. It's over, man. Well, that's the other thing in the letter. Like this, man. This, and, and this has always been one of my biggest things with Klyovkov. Like the sentiment that the Pac-12 is like this great athletic conference, and it's been around since 1928, I think it is. And like you know, basically yeah. just painting this picture of like this historically great and successful conference like I understand that heritage matters like with UCLA there may not be a better example of heritage than UCLA with with the basketball program and Jackie and, Robinson and Jackie Robinson and like John everything Wooden. everything that's gone down at UCLA over you know since its inception like they have heritage but the problem is is that every day that you live in the past you're not living in the now and frankly you got to live in the now like you got to find your 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 parachute to survive, because because I have to start to wonder: Does George Klyovkov have any fear that the that the league will be forced to fold? That the that that the conference will not survive? Because the way he's operating tells me one of two things: He either doesn't believe it's a possibility that the that the Pac-10 will die, or 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 he's just you know like he's just denying it. He's just in denial, like he just doesn't want to accept that fact. Either scenario is bad for every school in the Pac-10. And that's why I say if you're Utah, if you're Oregon, if you're Washington, hell, even Stanford, a higher, you know, educational institution or whatever, like schools like that have to find the next path for them. You have to find the door, the escape hatch. You got to go because if you're going to sit here and you're going to, to, you know, 
basically rely on Klyovkov to secure your future, I'm not sure that you have a good future. That's the problem. Yep. Uh, let's get some of your thoughts in here. Caleb says, who cares if they have to pay double or more for travel? The money they will make covers that easily. The issue is, and I don't think you're wrong, but the issue is the travel cost isn't the only thing that matters here. Like, I think the, the, the higher cost would be offset by marketing deals. That's what you have to consider with UCLA. You can sell a bill of goods if you're UCLA to get an on-campus football stadium that you know people actually want to go to. Yeah. Um, because the Rose Bowl is an embarrassment right now. You just are a healthier, better athletic program in the Big Ten than you are in the dead already Pac-12. Yeah. And whether it's travel, cost of doing business, like salaries, whatever that might be, George Klyovkov isn't talking about those realities that UCLA has the ability in the in the Big Ten to get more money from a Nike or an Adidas. Yeah, UCLA has the ability not only to get more money out of its TV deal, but to get more money out of its digital deals, its content creation. Again, I only point to BYU as the national example of how to leverage your content. How to and I say this all the time. I told somebody the other day, hey, if you're a sports team, the only thing you should care about is, oh, my coach is taking a crap. Okay, how am I gonna get that on video and attach a sponsor to it? Yeah. Hey, my coach coughed or sneezed. How am I gonna <laughs> get that on video and make money on it? Yes. Anything that you do as an athletic team should be on video and it should be making you money. Yes. And if it's not, you're doing it wrong. It, it, it real. I mean it, it it really is that simple. Yeah. No, I completely and, agree with that. Yeah. And listen, if you're if you're doing something that's not making you money, why? And if you want to do some things that make you money, I I'm I'm all on board for that. Like, you know, football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, <laughs> presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. <laughs> anyway, uh yes, football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. All right, we'll have locks for you throughout the show. I don't think this is a great week in college football. If you look at the college football scoreboard, I mean, is there a game that really excites you? Oh, you know the best game? USC and Oregon State. Oh, wait, that's not on TV. Well, I mean, it, it's on the Pac-12 network, which is the same thing. It's not on TV. But see, the point is, nobody's going to see USC and Oregon State this week. Yeah. Are you surprised that that, that game is on Pac-12 Network? Yeah, I am. I mean, but but again, at the same time, I'm not because it's the Pac-12, right? Like, so why would the Pac-12 want to put its best brand or its most popular brand right now on TV where everyone can widely find it? Oh, that's right. They don't do that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the other, you look at the, the SEC. SEC. You look at Georgia, the number one team in the country. Oh, bummer. They're playing uh, Kent State. Neat. Okay, I understand why that's on ESPN Plus, right? You, you you totally understand that. But when you start looking down the list of these other games and you see that, hey, man, uh, Oregon and Washington State, that game's on Fox. Okay, but it's not USC in Oregon State. Like, the best game in your conference is not on major TV. Yeah, it's a problem, dude. I, it's absolutely a problem, that. man. I, I, I think it's classic. It's classic Pac-12, Pac-10 edict, and, and they just don't prioritize content and getting SC and Utah and Oregon on ESPN or Fox every single week. 
Arguably the best game of the week is uh, Arkansas-Texas A&M. A&M's a two-point favorite in that game. Yeah, that yeah. Is yeah. Arkansas legit? Are you are you a buyer or a seller on Arkansas? Uh, I I'm definitely not a seller. I I'm I'm just hesitant to buy because I want to see him do it over a longer period of time. That's my biggest thing. Like with SEC teams that aren't named Alabama and Georgia, I want to see you do it over like a five or six week span. I want to see you dominate people week in and week out. You know, and I think that 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 if you do that like if you're five and oh let's say or if you're you know a strong four and one or whatever then then yeah i'm buying it but i want to see longevity if arkansas wins its next two games you look at their schedule they're three and oh arkansas's three and oh kj jefferson's been unbelievable this year completing 70 percent of his passes great you look at their next three games at texas a&m Hosting Alabama, roll tide, Mississippi State at BYU at Auburn. Like their next five weeks, even that's going to write their 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 story. This is a huge stretch of games. Pay attention to the Arkansas Razorbacks, especially the next two weeks before BYU. Yep. Pay attention to the Arkansas Razorbacks. It's a huge stretch of games for them. I actually think they're legit. When you have a quarterback that's as good as, as KJ is, and um, again, I just point to his completion percentage. You look at how he completed 48 two years ago, 67 last year, and now 70%, damn near 71% of his passes this year. Pretty good, dude. He's growing and getting better. Arkansas, I'm telling you, is absolutely legit. Um, I'm going to take... I want to take Texas A&M, you but it's, go it's Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, dude, come on. And your only fa- again, the line is two points for A&M at home. Yeah, at well, home. It tells you again. That tells you everything you need to know. Vegas is saying they think Arkansas is going to win this game because the home team gets three points. So that's what I'm saying. Like this is Arkansas's game. I really want New Mexico to beat LSU. Coach Saban. Coach Saban. Uh, I really want LSU to lose. I Brian Kelly should never win another game. <laughs> LSU. Look at li- listen to some of the the lines in the SEC this week. LSU's favored by 31 and a half over New Mexico. Alabama. Roll Tide. By 41 points over. I'm Vandy. sorry. I thought you said 41 I, points. I dude. said 41 points. Dude. Alabama favored by. We get it, Will. You're a good defensive end. We get it. Kentucky favored by 26 and a half over I'm the mighty so... Huskies of Northern dude, Illinois. I'm so tired of the, uh, the Kentucky bandwagon, dude. Ole I'm Miss. Tired of it. Ole Miss 21 and a half over Tulsa. How about Tennessee, Florida? Tennessee, Florida see, is actually a really is, good game. Yeah, see, like, this is one where I'm like, hey, neither of these two teams are probably college football playoff good or national championship good or anything, but you that's don't a think good... Tennessee, you don't think Tennessee is no. national championship no. good? No. Oh, contraire. Okay, look, I nope. agree, Florida, and we talked about this after the after the Utah loss. Mm-hmm. I agree that Florida, Florida was overrated from the get. Yeah. I, I totally agree with yeah. that. I'm telling you, Tennessee is legitimately good. Tennessee's yeah. a team. I know you write them off, but you you remember I said this on Friday, September 23rd, and if they lose this weekend, I'll deny it. But if, if Tennessee <laughs> if Tennessee keeps rolling, Rocky Top, if if Tennessee keeps rolling, that's a team that could get into the playoff. And well, I know they, that's they crazy. have the nameplate to get into the playoff, but again, my my and this is what you have to do this time of year in college football. You're three weeks in. There's a bunch of hype around these teams. You have to just stay centered. It's Tennessee. 
they're not going to be this good over the longevity of the season. I, all I can say is we'll find out because they've got Florida this week at LSU, home for Alabama. That's the next three yeah. weeks for Tennessee. You want to know if Tennessee's any good? Ask me a month from now got when Georgia they play later in the season. When they play UT Martin in a month, ask me what <laughs> their record is. UT Martin, <laughs> right? Like, ask me what the record is. But by the way, by the way. As good as the lines are in the SEC, they're awful in the Pac-12. Do you understand that UCLA, UCLA's 2-0, and and nobody's seen it because they had like seven fans in the building. <laughs> they're going to Boulder to take on Colorado. How about UCLA 21 and a half points on the road? Yeah. Road favorite. You're yeah. a home dog, Colorado, by 21 and a yeah, half points. Colorado's garbage, That's dude. how bad Colorado is. Yeah, they're is. garbage, dude. Um, little surprised to see that Oregon's a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Washington I State. I think the storyline with Oregon right now after that BYU game is that Oregon's back and that Oregon and Bo Nix figured it out. Here's the problem. Bo Nix is not good on the road. Here's the deal. Yeah, here's the deal. I'm the worst there is on the road, um, and that's that's the problem with Bo Nix. He's just not the same guy on the road, so I would expect that to be a tight game. Uh, I would say the most difficult game to call is Washington's a 13-and-a-half-point home favorite over Stanford. Yeah, I mean, I think that Washington has been playing good football, dude. Like I, I Yeah, that's tough, dude. Uh, I don't think they cover that number on Stanford. I could be wrong. I love Arizona State to get under the 15 and a half. Utah nah, should win that game. Nah. Really? Nah. Utah's going to dominate them. Utah, I hope they do. Utah's I would love got to size. See, I'd love to see like a 42 to 10. Like a, I, What I want to see is I'd Utah to see roll out more quickly in this game. Last week, it took you too long against San Diego State to get it going. So you limited the top end in points. But I think against Arizona State, if you can get going a little quicker, that's going to be a lot more comfortable. The momentum will be there for you. Do you have... Vele and Enos again this week. Do you I think you have Vele again this week. Yeah, I think I think once a wow. guy like him finds his stride. Solomon Enos is good. Yeah. You're writing we'll off see. my guy. I'm not. I'm you know, not, his dad. I'm not writing his, him off, Listen, bro. Solomon Enos' dad was a fine running back from IR and we, the beloved, the Chicago Bears. The Bears who the played Bears. a horse trick. The Bears and stuff. That's not nice. They don't play there yet. Uh, the point is, <laughs> his father played for the Bears. How can you not root for Solomon Enos, yeah. not Ennis? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I like Utah in that game, obviously. I That number scares me a little bit, though. That number scares me just a wee bit. Uh, all right, Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um, Alex Chacon says, do you think UCLA is playing good football? I don't know. They haven't... I, I, you got to get into the conference schedule to figure out if they're playing good football. And and you're on the road this week. There's no excuse. Like, I, we'll find out. Um, Boyd Lake says the Razorbacks have a beast at running back. I, I don't disagree with that. They're legitimately good. Diesel Notice, D. Wait, hold on, hold on. You skipped over something there with Boyd. Go back to Boyd. Notice how he says uh, Sanders is huge. No, he, what do you mean huge? Huge. Huge. By the way, speaking of huge... So, did you see our guy, the 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 spray tan Dan Don guy? Uh, did you see that Donnie told this special master that he essentially appointed that the FBI planted evidence and that the special master's like, "Hey, you're gonna need to prove that." And Donnie's like, "Okay, we'll see you later." Like, what? guy, you can, what are you doing, Donnie? Yeah, football fifty ten in the hour every hour. On the Monty Show, and it is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza.
one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. We go all in on quality. All in on craft. And on the Triple Pep Pizza, we go all in on pepperoni. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with a limited-time Triple Pep Pizza. Topped with three types of pepperoni for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Papa Murphy's, 10 to the hour, every hour. They present Football at 50 on the Monty Show. Hey, by the way, one quick question here at 7 o'clock for you. Um, do you guys pay attention to lines? I mean, I, here in Utah, we're not allowed to um, wager our hard-earned ducats on the outcome of sporting contests or the lottery. Um, and, you know, we we can't drink half-flavored beer and bet on sports in this state, but... I'm curious if you guys pay attention to lines. Do you guys bet on sports? You know, well, I mean, we don't bet on offshore. Uh, anyway, the point is, do you guys pay attention to betting lines? I'm curious about that. I pay attention to them every week. Yeah. Like, I look at them all the time. I, I, I'm I, fascinated by it. I'm fascinated that the boys in Vegas always seem to get it right. Like, I'm curious how much people pay attention uh, to the lines. The Monty Show presented by our good friends at the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business. And a measure of a man's integrity is what he's asking you for, right? So when you get yourself into an accident, if you're going to an attorney and they're like, all right, yeah, why don't you give me $10,000 as a retainer and we'll see what we can do for you. That's not where you want to be. You want to be with the advocates, utahadvocates.com, because they don't have crazy retainers. Their, their, their free consultations are actually free. It costs you nothing. And the best part is you don't pay the advocates anything until they win your case. That's how confident they are that they can be your advocate when you're injured. It's not your fault you got into an accident. You need an advocate to fight for you and to do things like defer your medical bills. So get to utahadvocates.com. You can chat with them online. You don't even have to call them. You can chat online. It's super hands-off. Trust me when I say Matt Driggs and the guys at the advocates, I've known them for a decade. They're the best in the business for a reason. And by the way, by the way, I forgot about this. They were named one of the, I believe, the advocates. You want to know how good the dudes at the advocates are? Um, the advocates were named one of the top 10, I want to say one of the top 10 firms yes. um, in the country. Yes. Which is which is just incredible when you think about all of the all of the the injury attorneys and lawyers. The advocates are now an award-winning law firm and have been for some time, but they're one of the best injury attorneys in the country, utahadvocates.com. The biggest stories in sports this morning. I think this merger thing um, that we that we have been hearing about, and it's funny that, that all of this happens while George Klyavkov is lying through his teeth to the, to the UC Board of Regents yesterday, again, trying to undermine what's best for UCLA. We get this story now that says through a freedom of information request by a newspaper in North Carolina, we find out that the ACC and its leadership had text messages that started with the University of North Carolina about merging with the Big 12 or the Pac-12. And they even had in these text messages... You'll notice they even came up with a name if they merge with the Pac-12. 
the Athletic Pacific Athletic Conference, otherwise known as APAC. This is this is serious. Like they're they're really looking at the ACC, how they can secure their future, yeah. and grow their footprint and make more money for their members. Uh, this is absolutely what the ACC should be looking at. And my question again: Why is that liar George Klyovkov? Not looking at the same thing for the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, I think that that the the leadership of other conferences are like vultures. I mean, they 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 obviously are following everything that happens with George Klavkov in the pack, and I think that that you know it, it, it's painfully obvious what's happening here and what Klavkov is trying to do. And again, we're we're just this little YouTube show over here, you know, talking about it. Like these guys have the information. These guys are like plugged in. These guys know the numbers. So. You're telling me with the information that they have access to and with with the knowledge they have about what Klyovkov said, and they probably have some firsthand accounts of it as well. Like, come on, dude. Like, they, they know what's happening. So that's why this conversation sparks up every time Klyovkov, you know, decides to to write a letter or to, you know, run on a bunch of about a bunch of garbage at his media day. Like, they can see the writing on the wall. And that's why I think that that when you are the ACC, you knew that they were sort of a sleeping giant in the in the merger space because they've been sitting over there just waiting and and you know watching Zion break his Nikes and you know watching great things happen in basketball and some average things happen in football, but they know, hey, if we can merge, if we can make more money, we're open to that concept. We're open to that idea. And I have to say, I do like the setup of the ACC and the Pac-12 specifically merging because then you get east coast you get west coast you get yeah. you, you you get a nice setup um and yeah i think it's everything you want as a sports fan so i don't know i i i don't know my only you know reservation about it is merging you would have to figure it out with george i think right i mean you'd have to well you know like he'd be your partner in that he would be and it, but this goes back to the the discussion we've had for so long about big 12 versus pac 12 mm -hmm. and i think that I just don't know how you look at the Pac-12 as a more inviting partner than the Big 12. Even without Texas and Oklahoma, how do you not view what Kansas is doing? How are you, the ACC, a basketball powerhouse, not looking at the Big 12, who I think is the best basketball conference in the country, frankly. How are you not looking at the Big 12 as a far more attractive partner than the Pac-12? Yeah. What does the Pac-12 bring to you? Because to your credit, Jake, you, you're the one that's always saying, well, you know, they've got to stop talking about the Conference of Champions. And yeah. I, I, I agree with you. They continue in George Klyovkov in part of this letter that he wrote to the UC Board of Regents, you know, talked about, oh, the this great conference with heritage and history. And I just don't see that. I, I don't see when I look at the Pac-12. And again, I'm open to the idea that there's probably some bias in my opinion now that I just look at George Klyovkov as a is a complete I think the guy is just plain and simply I think the guy's a liar and I, I don't trust anything that he says yeah but I look at the history of the Pac-12 nobody cares what you did in in water polo frankly and I understand gymnastics is important and I understand that all these secondary sports are important did you win championships in football and basketball because that's what pays the bills. And they have not. When is the last time the Pac-12 has been relevant in anything 
I can point to the Big 12 and I can tell you, hey, Baylor's a national champion. I can tell you that Kansas and I can tell you that Texas and Oklahoma and like there are all kinds of storylines all over the Big 12. I can't say the same thing about the 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 Pac-12. Yeah. And I just don't understand why this is such rocket science that when you look at the, the Pac-12 as a conference, why is it so hard to understand that the Pac-12 is not a, a, a conference of champions? Yeah, I think the biggest thing here is that is that is that George so part of it is that George is doing his job as commissioner, right? Because again, it has to be said, what else would you expect, you know, the commissioner of a conference to say? I mean, he's he's obviously is not going to come out and say they're a dog crap conference. I mean, right? That's just a little unrealistic. You're not going to do You're that. You're not going to no. do that. But I also think that that you can't, like, as bad as you would look as a commissioner running that garbage out there about how your conference sucks, I think you also look bad when you sit here and you're like, uh, yeah, our conference is amazing and everything's neat and and we've been, you know, in business for 100 years and we're – you know, we've got all these titles and you're consistently sitting here trying to just spin how how great you are. I don't think that you can you can just do that over and over again and think that that people are are going to continue uh, to believe you. That's that's the problem I have with it. Like at some point you have to you know, you have to kind of come to the middle a little bit and realize that while, yeah, you do have some heritage, you're you know, you're still the Pac-12. What have yeah. you done for me lately? I mean, this is this is what I say about USC all the time. And and we've had great debates on this show about USC. Like, I've always been of the mindset that that USC is all hype and and you know and hasn't done it on the football field since Reggie Bush and Pete Carroll. Yeah. But now, and this is kind of where it kind of comes back around. Now, because you brought in Lincoln and you brought in, you know, all that talent, you are you know, you are good. You are doing it on the football field. So that's that's why I say if you're gonna sit here and talk about how great the conference is and how, you know, you're 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 the best thing since sliced bread, you have to back it up at some point. And that's what what I think George doesn't understand. And so when we look at this expansion stuff and, and you have you know, you know, you have the leadership of the ACC texting and coming up with names for what a super conference could be, like at some point you have to you have to understand that these guys are going to are 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 going to see opportunity and they're going to jump on it and they want to make money and they want to grow their brand because let's be honest the ACC in football isn't exactly the best conference in the land. Basketball is a different story. They got basketball unlocked, but in football you're not really anything to write home about outside of Clemson. So that's why I think that 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 this whole thing about George constantly being over positive and overvaluing things is a problem because it makes well, him look like an idiot. And look at this statement. Uh, and I, I think this is significant. He writes, as a conference, we were extremely surprised and disappointed by UCLA's decision to leave for the Big Ten. The Pac-12 has a, and here's the part that's amazing. The Pac-12 has a storied tradition of more than 100 years marked by athletic and academic excellence. And UCLA has been integral to that success, to that excellence as a very successful member of the Pac-12, winning 119 team NCAA titles, second only to the Pac-12 Stanford University across 20 sports. When is the last time UCLA was truly relevant in football? When was the last time? And if you talk about those 119 team NCAA championships, are, are you? And this is what I say about George Klyovkov. 
you look at that statement, is that really a genuine statement? Is that really, is is the 119 team championships from UCLA, go Bruins! Yeah. With 13 fans at the Rose Bowl last weekend. Yeah. is Are you really relevant? Well, and I just can't, so like, that sentiment, the 119, are you telling me that George Klyovkov really believes that when he writes it? No. No, no way, chance. dude. No way is it lost on George Klyovkov that UCLA... And frankly, Stanford and and you know, for Cal? being blunt, Cal, SC, like Arizona, the, Arizona, like mo, like I'm not trying to be an a hole here, but most of your conference outside of Oregon, Utah, um, you know, I guess if you Colorado, throw, yeah, look at Co- look Colorado how bad Colorado is, like is. The embarrassment of college football right now. So that's why I say when 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 he writes a letter like this, he says the thing he thinks he says. And then, and then somehow has some expectation of the conference surviving. I have to agree. This is as bad as Larry Scott was in I, in a different way, but at the same level. So I don't know, man. I I think that yeah, you got to take the escape hatch that is that is the the merger with the ACC at some point, or I think you're probably not around. Yeah, I I don't know. Let's get some of your thoughts in here. Um, a lot of people in on uh, a lot of people in on the betting question. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. And the question was, do you guys pay attention to lines? Yeah. Um, Diesel D says, yes, I pay attention. Diesel D. Diesel D. The D uh, says, yes, I pay attention. Um, Alex Chacon says, did you just call him our guy? Facetiously, I called Donnie our guy. Donnie, please. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says, are you good football program when you can only get a few hundred fans to your games? No. Uh, Boyd also says betting lines are are a good data point. They're an excellent data point. Totally agree. Wow, look at Cody Strickland says, I got six tickets from uh, the window. Uh, Arlington Bear says, uh, I play a parlay or two when I'm in Vegas. So do I. That's exactly right, Arlington. Right, right. Mrs. Monty is usually better at closing her eyes and throwing darts at a wall and making parlays that win than I ever am. That is legitimately. Wow, Wow. Dude, it's legitimately how Mrs. Monty bets the ponies. She's like, oh. Diesel D, that's a cool name for a horse. Yeah, nice horse. Yeah, but I don't like that it's got a pink eyelash on. We're going with uh, Jimmy's rectum uh, from the four get four post. Like that's legit how she and she wins, and it's it's funny actually. JP says watch line shift. That's how you can kill it. Um, Diesel D says Monty, I did not know Utah doesn't all gambling. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know it is amazing. Eric and Raleigh says the ACC won't be worth merging into after Miami, Florida State, Clemson, and Notre Dame are no longer associated with the ACC. But I think what's interesting is the ACC, with their incredibly expensive grant of rights, Mm -hmm. has a little bit of control. And I think what's so interesting about this this sourcing, and and I'll put this graphic back up here because I I think it matters. Um, The News and Observer obtained text messages amongst administrators at UNC through a Freedom of Information Act, and their athletic director, Bubba Cunningham, straight up text to the chancellor, should we explore a partnership with the Big 12 or the Pac-12? And the chancellor came back with, yeah, let's call it the Athletic Pacific Athletic Conference, the APAC. Let's settle this right now. This is what George Kleov jerk-off should be doing. Okay. Right? 
Sorry, well, did you say George Kleov Jerkoff? I believe that's the proper pronunciation of his name. Pause, bro. Pause. Uh, am I? I mean, am I wrong, bro? What? Okay. Uh, look, I'm just trying to pay the guy's respect. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says George Molotov. Oh, it's Molotov. George Molotov. Got it. M Molotov. Got it. Got it. Uh, is going to burn down the Pac-12 entirely. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Clemson is the ACC in football. That's Agreed. Jesse Harsh says. That's why we. That's why we call it the already crowned Clemson Conference. Yeah. The first time I ever said that on ESPN, there was a mass reaction of frustration from other ACC members who then eventually came around. Because it's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. She took offense. Uh, it, well, he, she did. You know. Uh, Alex Chacon says, Washington is playing like they are trying to catch the attention of the Big Ten. It's about time. It's yeah. about time. Uh, Patrick Bourne. What's up, Patrick? Says, bum, 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 bum. The slow drum roll and march to the grave is now is the new DOA, a.k.a. pack. Seriously. How about that? How about that? They're a dead on arrival, man. I'm telling you. Coach Loverin, what's up? He says, Diesel D, UW hasn't played a road game in the fourth quarter versus MSU wasn't great. We'll see. We'll Anyway, Kanai Johnson says, if there was only 12 fans in the arena, my daughter's junior high basketball team has three or four times that in the audience. I mean, you can go back and check the tape. You're right. It wasn't 12. I actually think, I actually, if we're being honest, let's not Jorv Klyavkov jerk off face thing about the number of people at the Rose Bowl. It was actually 36. Sometimes, okay, the, maybe. The security guards. I forgot to count the security guards. They count as fans. Right. There were 36 people. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Even Troy Aikman, the great... Oklahoma quitter transfer quarterback to UCLA tweeted a photo of it and was like, this is embarrassing. Yes. It's embarrassing. Yes. You should, you should be better than this. Yes. You should be better than this. And they're not. It, it It's remarkable to me that you struggle so hard to make money and you're talking about how you need to make money. Oh, I'm telling you, know, this conference needs to make more money. Maybe they should go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I agree. If they want to make more money, maybe that's what they should do. Oh. Uh, TridayTrading.com slash Monty um, is where UCLA and all other fans go when they want to get off the side hustle grind. Stop flipping through the book of like, okay, well, I tried doTERRA. Um, you know, Mary, yes. Mary Kay was fun. The chicks were hot, but I didn't make any money. Um, the lipstick's far too expensive. Get off the side hustle grind, bro, and get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty and learn how to day trade because it's a legitimate path to financial freedom. And the best part is it costs you nothing. You go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, register for the free webinar. All you do is watch the webinar and make a decision. If it's not for you or if you feel like it's not a good fit or no matter what, you're done, you're out. No obligation. You don't have to continue. But do yourself the favor of getting to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watching the free webinar. No matter where you are, the guys at Triday Trading, Ryan and the guys, they're located right here in Lehigh, Utah. But they're a national company. You can absolutely, if you're in Texas, P Poughkeepsie, um, if you're in Fantasyland with George Klyavkov, you can absolutely go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watch the free webinar and make a decision because day trading is is not only a legitimate side hustle, you can scale it 
and it can become your career so that you can have the financial freedom that you have been grinding for for all those years through all those wasted side hustles. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty is your fix. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Thanks to our guys at Triday Trading. It has been so fun hearing. And if you do, by the way, please DM me. Let's t- Tell me about your experience because I've talked to so many of our listeners, Jake, who have gone through the webinar and they're like, I had no idea that I don't trade with my money right out of the gate. I use Triday Trading's yes. money. Yes. That seems to be the number one thing that people are surprised about that legitimately the the first trades, the way you learn to day trade is by spending their money. Yes. And if you make money using Triday Trading's money, they give you 50% of the profit. Like that's how confident they are that they can teach you how to be an elite day trader. Yes. I'm telling you, it's it's awesome. It is legit and it works. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. It is 7.20 on the Monty Show. Um Talking about the Big 12 or the Pac-12, let's get into let's get into which is a, a better conference because coming up here in 10 minutes, we're going to get to BYU and their running game problems. Utah at Arizona State, I think, is the trap game of the year so far. But Big 12 versus Pac-12, I don't see how the Pac-12 has a case here. If we're talking about recent success, right? I mean, you have to look at the Big 12 in football. Mm-hmm. You have to look at current member Texas. Look at the the hell of a fight they put up against Alabama. Sure, they lost the game. You look at Baylor winning national championships in basketball. You look at the strength of the Big 12 across the board athletically. I don't even think it's a conversation, Jake. I think the Big 12 is a far stronger conference than the Pac-12. Yeah, I, I think that the Big 12 has more staying power, absolutely. I, I think that... You know the Pac-12 is fortunate that Utah uh, and and Oregon have have been good uh, recently. You know, um, as far as the college football playoff is concerned, they've been representing the conference well. But the problem comes in when you start to look across the board. You know, when you look at basketball, the Pac-12 hasn't exactly been lighting it up, and the Big 12 has. I mean, the Big 12 is perhaps absolutely. you know the strongest basketball conference in the land, and I think that that absolutely matters because you know, yeah, it's great that that Alabama is the juggernaut in football that they are, but but what happens when you're not playing football? How else can we make money? And that's where I think. You know, the Big 12 has has the upper hand on some of these conferences. You know, again, I'm not saying that that the Big 12 is is better at football than the SEC cuz certainly they're not. But I think when you when you step away from football and you're just like, okay, you know, when I look at the major money makers in college or in yeah, in college sports, it's obviously football and basketball. You get a little bit from baseball, uh, but other than that, those are the two those are the two workhorses that make you the money. And so that's why I say I, I do think that the Big 12 is a better value. That said, they don't have Los Angeles. They don't have, you know, the Pacific Northwest. They don't have these amazing geographical locations. And that, to me, has always been the crying shame that is the pack, the pack, like the Pac-10, yeah. the Pac-12, is that you have these great cities. You have the Bay Area and Stanford, you have Los Angeles on multiple levels, South Central, you know, you have uh, UCLA, obviously, like you have all these great opportunities and yet you sit here and just waste them repeatedly. But and look that at, to me is crazy. But look at the bottom of the Big 12. Yeah. West Virginia. Right now today, and I'm just going based on current, current yes. standings. Yes. West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, K-State. Those those 
Those are the bottom four teams in the Big 12. So if I look at the top of the Big 12, does anybody even realize what's going on at Kansas for football? <laughs> no. Does anybody nope. realize that Kansas is 3-0 and and that Kansas is selling out their football games? But now, let me tell you what now. Bill Self has done a lovely job getting the running game going at 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 Kansas. He has got his high octane offense. Bill Self, the he's the basketball. Never mind. It's probably a bad joke. They've beaten Tennessee Tech, West Virginia, and Houston. So it's not a fluke, right? I look at this. That what that tells me is the bottom of the 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 Big Twelve has flipped on itself, and you look at. You look at Kansas undefeated, Iowa State undefeated, Oklahoma undefeated, Oklahoma State undefeated. How did Oklahoma State fall a spot in the rankings, by the way? Um, you look at TCU actually having a nice bounce back season so far. Now, it, it, is it worth much when TCU has beat Colorado, who's terrible? Now, the mighty Tarleton, I don't even know what they, What do you know the Tarleton mascot? I think they are the uh, Tarleton? mighty, yeah, the catfish hook nets, fish crawfish guys bro what? Uh, i don't i have no idea what tarl what is tarleton's mask who the f is that guy yeah. uh the tarleton oh excuse me the tarleton texans hey look at me um what a game that was they the they're ranked number one and <laughs> tarleton is highly ranked number one in our hearts and minds oh he don't know nothing I don't know that they should be playing anybody in football, but you know, um, good talk, good talk. They did, they did hold TCU to fifty nine points. Anyway, yes, the point is, yeah, yes, you did. The point is, the Big Twelve looks good right now. <laughs> you see what I mean? This is what you're talking about in the Big Twelve. Um, you don't have SC and Stanford and yes. like Washington and like. These major nameplate universities, that's the problem. Yeah, yes, Boyd Lake, Kansas beats Duke. Exactly, yes, Patrick Bourne, Kansas beats Duke. Exactly right. Um, let's see, M. Morris says global warming is killing UCLA's football program. That must be it. Or is it that your stadium at the Rose Bowl is in somebody's backyard legitimately in the middle of a neighborhood that nobody can get to and it's not close to campus, Westwood and Pasadena aren't exactly neighbors, and it need that UCLA needs an on-campus football stadium. That's an issue. And when you're average, and holy Bob Toledo is probably as good as Chip Kelly's been, Chip's been a disappointment. Why am I going to go to a UCLA football game right now? What I just say? I'm not. But if you bring in Ohio State, now all of a sudden the Rose Bowl looks a little rosier, mm -hmm. right? So I look at the bottom of the Pac-12 and and argue if you like. I just ask you. With what we said about about the the Big Twelve, you look at the Big Twelve and how strong they have started this season in in football. Yeah, I simply ask you, make the same case for the Pac-12 because I don't think I can. Stanford, Colorado, Arizona State are garbage. They're uh, like they are they're bad. Yeah, they I mean really bad. I look at the the undefeated teams. USC is legitimate. That's the best offense in the country. They lost another defensive end this week in practice, so it'll be interesting to see how much that hurts them. But yeah, right now USC is a darling. Caleb's probably going to win the the Heisman Trophy. Like yep. USC's national championship caliber right now. They got it going. Oregon State three and zero. They can beat anybody. UCLA. I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know. UCLA's offense is very good, but we're going to find out. Washington, surprising, but Washington hasn't played a road game yet. Washington State, Arizona, surprising, right? Arizona, I would say what Arizona's done, they're 2-1, but they can't stop anybody and they don't score enough. Yeah. Y'all feel me? They're not good. Cal's not good. Or I don't know what to make of Oregon. You're right. Bo Nix got to go on the road and win a game. Yeah, I mean, Oregon, the fact is Oregon is good. The, Oregon's good. They're They're not great, but they're good. You know, that's what Oregon is. I think that I think that I, this is not even a discussion. I think the the Big Twelve is a far far better conference than the Pac twelve. I don't know what say you in the comments. Yeah, uh, Josh Levern says good Kansas football is like seeing Haley's comment once every hundred and fifty years. I go check it out because my future grandchildren's kids will be next people in our family to see good Kansas football. <laughs> wow, wow, cold blooded. Look, Haley's comment. You know, Haley's comment. I was trying to be funny, and I'm not. Uh, Boyd Lake says Kansas's offense is rolling. There, I'm telling you, Kansas is legitimately good. Yeah, they can play some football, man. What they're building at Kansas is not a fluke. Yeah, like they play actual legitimate football. So who wants the bottom of the pack over the bottom of the Big Twelve? Nobody. Nobody is that just so succinctly surmised. Yeah, as I laid out uh, in a flow chart. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Simon says uh, Kansas State's going to upset Oklahoma and Norman. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, but Patrick but that, that comment right there, not to interrupt you, in Norman. Where's Norman? Oklahoma. You see what I'm saying? Oklahoma. Like, with all due respect to Oklahomans or whatever you refer to yourself as, like, oh. come on, dude. What's wrong with Norman, Oklahoma? Nothing's wrong with it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It's just not Los Angeles. It's you not. Talk, it's not the about, Bay Area. You talk about Norman like it's a kidney infection, man. What do you? What, I'm like, screwed. Why, why would you say such a hurtful thing and stuff? Anyway, the point is, Norman's a very respectable football market. Mm -hmm. It's got like, look, George Klyovkov, jerk face, even said it. They've got history and tradition. Barry Switzer and guns in the airport aren't coming through that door anytime soon. It's really unfair. And Brian Bosworth with you know B12 in that syringe. I'm sure. Are you okay? Do you you do not know? Okay, I'm sorry. Are you again. okay, dude? My my bad. You're my welcome. Bad. Nothing that happened before, what, 2017 exists to millennials? Yeah. Um, Oklahoma used to be, and Bob Stoops, Little Kyler, Lincoln Riley, Verticality. Yeah. You're not following me here, are you? No. Okay, the point is, Oklahoma has a great football tradition. You think you know it all. I mean, what about Stacey King and the Oklahoma Sooners basketball team? Okay, I'll move on. These young kids these days, friends. Uh, you know, uh, Patrick Bourne says, Monty, you're correct. Cannot truly evaluate college football in the first three non-conference games. Wait till the next three, then let's talk. Yeah. Look at those sec teams we talked about earlier. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, Mike P says last time I checked Alabama hot too, like temperature wise. Yeah. It's hot in the South right now. Humidity will go down. Is that what you meant? I'm going to move on. I'm in. A, I'm in that mood where I feel like being awkward today. Okay. You know, good, I, I don't. I don't understand. This happen, Tonto. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Bourne says my bias is Big Twelve is better. Are you sure with that Baylor logo? I didn't understand. I didn't. Are, what? what? By the way, does Baylor come? <laughs> does Does Baylor football come back to Earth this year? This week's going to be a big test for Baylor. So. We'll see. All right. Uh, it is 7.32, the biggest stories in sports this morning. George Klyovkov, um, who I frankly feel like, and I don't even think it's that much of a stretch. I feel like George Klyovkov 
outright lied to the UC Board of Regents yesterday. And it continues a trend of George Klyovkov being a manipulative, manipulative, lying, disingenuous jerk. Mm -hmm. And I think he has not been an upgrade to Larry Scott. I think when you tell the UC Board of Regents that, hey, the travel cost is going to be massive and it's going to cause depression and brain damage to Pac-12 athletes, which he legitimately said, and you don't tell them, well, UCLA has made it pretty clear that they're going to charter, that their plan is to charter. Um, and you don't talk about the fact that they're you know, going to have vast more marketing rights. You talk about how they're going to lose money, but you don't detail um, how they're going to lose money or how you know. Um, and you go on the Kinzano um, podcast, and the Wilner Kinzano podcast, and I mean, quite literally, quite literally, I think you say the words, hey, I just wrote it on the back of an like, even though he was tongue-in-cheek about it, he has no information to back up the stats that he's putting out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what he's doing. I mean, I, it's it's so clear that he's playing the PR game and playing the media cycle game, and he somehow thinks that that's going to work out for him. But I just I, – I don't know, man. I, I, I'm a big believer that when you do stuff like this, it always comes back around. And I don't know – I don't know what that's going to look like for the conference. I don't know if, if you know, you know, like what the Board of Regents is going to do about UCLA. My guess is they're probably not going to do a whole hell of a lot um, because I got to think that they do have numbers on what UCLA has, you know, spent. And, and also we know, I think it was like two weeks ago that, that the Board of Regents didn't do themselves any favors when they were, you know, talking about the whole situation. They made themselves look pretty stupid. So it just... Yeah, I, I think you have to decide what to do to UCLA, and then we got to move on from this. Yeah, I be, because I think it's damaging to everybody. Yeah, at this point, you are, and this is the thing that that jerk face doesn't understand. Like, <laughs> you're the commissioner of the Pac-12 guy. You're damaging every one of the institutions in your program by lying. I'm Shiva, the god of death. You are. You're damaging every program in that conference by manipulating John Canzano on his podcast, who. And look, I understand John Wilner and John Canzano are desperate. They need the Pac-12 to survive to be relevant. I totally understand that. They didn't ask a single follow-up question. That was a hit piece by Jerkface. Yeah. That was him going on that podcast, spreading lies and misinformation with nothing to back it up. Yeah. And he, it, when you say to those guys, hey, you know, my back of the envelope mathematics. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally saying, well, I pulled out a pencil, wrote on the back of an envelope what was in my mind. Um, like You're just, you're an idiot. Yeah. And it's you're an embarrassment to college football. Yeah. You're an embarrassment to college athletics. And I understand that, like, Josh Leverin, you're completely wrong with this comment. People in Norman go to football games. People in L.A. don't go to UCLA, USC, Rams, and the Chargers are playing in a soccer stadium. If you if you look at USC games, attendance at USC football is pretty spectacular. Yeah. They've been bad for a long time. Do people go did people go to Washington football games when they were terrible? Do people go to any sporting event when the team is terrible? They do not. When USC football is competitive, they go. The Coliseum is a great building to watch college football in. It is a legitimate home field advantage. And as far as San Diego, who plays in L.A. and rents a stadium from the Rams, Chargers, when they were playing at the Home Depot Center or whatever it's called now for, for their home games, it was a temporary fix until a stadium situation was resolved. To me, 
football's not number one in LA. The beach, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, like yeah. all the other stuff you can do in LA, the best Mexican food ever. Little club called the Dodgers. That's all better. You, you, you LA's never going to be UCLA's town. But that doesn't mean that there's not value in it. That doesn't mean that UCLA shouldn't build a stadium on their on their campus because that's what they need. Yeah. They need something. You're not going to get that by staying in the Pac-12, and they know it. That truly is the bottom line. Yeah. Um, I think with BYU and Utah, these two games are are interesting in that the lines are massive this week. BYU is a 21-and-a-half-point home favorite over the, Was- the Wyoming Cowboys. The Wyoming Cowboys. Saturday, 8-15 on ESPN2. And I think the biggest, the biggest question here is, not can they cover the 21-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. What's the run game going to look like? And I think one of the more interesting questions about BYU's run game is, when does Peeney Katoa start getting the number ones? Mm-hmm. When does he start getting the big carries? Because I don't know how long BYU can afford, especially with, with the wide receiver situation, the injuries with Gunner and Puka, how long can BYU afford to sputter in the ground game? I don't think for long. Yeah. The schedule does not get easier. It gets more difficult. You're going into, what, Utah State, Notre Dame, Arkansas. Like, you got to run the football. And BYU to this point has just not been able to be competent at that. And I don't know. Like, I've watched a lot of of tape on Christopher Brooks now to start the season. He's not a guy that hits the hole with authority. But I think the O-line, I don't think they know what to expect. And... I think they're overplaying their position on the offensive line. And what I mean by that is I don't think they're comfortable with Christopher Brooks in the backfield yet. Uh-huh. So when you know what you're getting, you're going to do your job every time because you know, hey, if I can turn this defensive end, Chris is going to run right by me. Right. I don't think they know that. I don't think Christopher Brooks is comfortable when, when a play is designed to go through the B gap or it's a counter, I don't think he's comfortable with that yet because he's been in the system for less than a year. For really, if we're being honest, you've been in the system for a month actually playing in live fire games. Yeah, That's not a lot of time to get comfortable with your running game. And I think you're seeing the price that's being paid for that. And I think you need to start playing the depth on this on this running game and you need to see who's going to get the job done because right now Christopher Brooks has not done the job for BYU and the 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 schedule is is growing short. We are already Can you guys believe that today is September 23rd? Yeah. It's moving. We are a week away from October. I said we're a week. Hey man, Halloween is like what 40 days away? Yeah. I hate Halloween. <laughs> Halloween is my wife is Uh-oh. so upset I said Uh-oh. that. Well, it's not that I hate Halloween. Whatever. I hate trick-or-treaters. I mean, it, it, kids should be seen, not heard. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Totally you kidding. explain that? Yeah, don't get crazy. I do not. I like, I would just much rather you take the candy bar and you don't ring and the get off my and, porch. Yeah, don't piss the Get off my off. porch. Look, I'm trying to sleep. Um, I actually spend money on Halloween. I give out like the full candy bar. Why are we talking about this? The point I, is, I don't know. Grandpa Monty over here yeah. doesn't like all the Get kids ringing lawn. the doorbell because every time the dog barks, a little pee comes out. Yeah, 
Anyway, the point is, I give out full candy bars. You should say, thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah, kind of like BYU gives out two and a half yards of carry most weeks. Okay. That was a good transition back to football. Thank, thank you. you. My point is, I think BYU wins this game handily. Wyoming's offense is not good. Their quarterback is wildly erratic. Mm -hmm. um, their defense is what it is. I think BYU scores 45 points and gives up 10. Yeah, and I think the danger in, in not getting the run game established this week is that is that you're, yeah, the schedule is short. You are heading to more difficult opponents, and not being able to run the football makes you one-dimensional, which, again, leads to 10 guys in the box, single high safety, you know, can't run the football, going to be tough to complete the intermediate pass. Like, that's what happens on the football field to BYU. And so, you know, again, you need to be four or five yards of carry if you want to be successful running the football. And if the simple truth is, if if Christopher Brooks is not comfortable in the scheme, is is doesn't know where that hole should be or, or, or just isn't, like, fluid with it yet, then fine. Put Peeney in there. Like, do, do it. Like, this is kind of that... And again, I don't mean to come off like questioning Kalani, but you can't be nice to these guys. Like, like you need to put the guy in there who is going to give you the best chance to win the game. Like Aaron Roderick essentially said that earlier in the week. Like, hey, if if dudes aren't executing on their route running, I'm gonna put in whoever I need to put in. You know, and and that to me, you know, is is just how football has to work. You have to be, you know, rather cold blooded about it. It's a yes. business, bro. Yeah, I agree. The biggest stories in sports this morning presented by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Make sure that you guys get to their website, bbqpitstop.com. And the cool thing about the website at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com is you can actually chat with them online. If you live in Poughkeepsie, Lehigh, wherever, go to barbecuepitstop.com and say, hey, I heard about you guys on the Monty Show. Did I mention I heard about you guys on the Monty Show? On yes. the Monty Show? Monty Just Show? Just say it over and over again. The Monty Show. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm doing a brisket on the smoker this week uh, for the tailgate, and I'm curious, do I need to wrap that and put it in a cooler when I'm done? Hey, how should how long should I let it rest? Hey, do I need to cure my wings? Dude, they'll answer all your questions for you. And by the way, find one of Barbecue Pit Stop's five Utah locations from St. George, Logan, Layton, Lehigh, and of course our good friends in Salt Lake City. Um, they're the best guys to deal with. It was great to see them last Saturday when we yes. had the BYU watch party. Um, the cool thing is not only does Barbecue Pit Stop have all of that equipment, but all the rubs and spices, like the Chris Karn, our guy Arlington Bears, we we were telling him, hey, you got to get this Italian spice. You got to get this Italian spice. Go yeah, to barbecue pit stop. Yeah, the Italian. He goes in and they're sold out of it. They don't have it anymore. Where's the Italian? So of course they put him into another spice. That's the cool thing at barbecue pit stop. If you go in there and say, hey, I'm looking for an Italian chop house. Yeah. They're going to either give it to you or give you an alternative. They're going to have all your best spices, all your best equipment. That's why you count on barbecue pit stop bbqpitstop.com. Um, find him in. Uh, Leighton, Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, and St. George or shop online at barbecuepitstop.com. Let's get some of your comments in here because I see everybody furiously talking about West Virginia. Yeah, Mrs. Monty and I were watching that game a little bit last night um, after Pittsburgh completely failed me again. I'm telling you, it's not Mitch Trubisky is not the problem in Pittsburgh. Um, anyway, the point is, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we flipped on. How about, uh, how about, uh, West Virginia? Yeah. That was, that was actually a fun game to, uh, to watch. Yeah. It was actually a fun game to watch. Tom Basilius, you say chop house, finger gun chop house, not flying home with the team after a lost chop house. Okay. 
Uh, okay. You know. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says, wrap the brisket and rest it overnight in a cooler. That was free info, by the way. Wow. I love that. Did you get that info out of Snapdragon Stadium? Okay, take it easy. Nobody wins games at Snapdragon Stadium. Dadgummit. Uh, Larry Pilgrim says, saw the, saw the thumbnail. Academics to the ACC is important. And the Big 12 is looked down on when it comes to academics. Not happening. And saying being left behind isn't a good retort. Well, this is a long conversation about academics. Yeah. I think when you add Cincinnati, BYU, Central Florida, and Houston, your academics automatically get better. I mean, even if it's just BYU alone. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily buy the argument that, well, those boys and those boys in Stillwater, all they know is how to shovel manure and win football games. This is corny stuff. I mean, they're not a research institution other than fecal matter. Other than fecal matter. They research horse poop. You and your mom are hillbillies. You know, yeah. Like, you and your mom are hillbillies. You can't, your degree doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Here in Chapel Hill, we actually. Well, here in Durham, we make doctors. You guys make poop sandwiches. Right, cow patties. We can't have you in our fine Atlantic Coast Conference. Right. That's what I hate. Yeah. And it's what the Pac-12 has been guilty of for so long. Oh, well, we can't have BYU. Those Mormons in their magic underpants. Which they're not. Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what it That's what it always is. Yeah. Well, let There's me always look, something. Let me look down my nose. Nobody want Manhattan, Kansas. And he will every single time. Wait, is that close to Brooklyn? What about Queens? <laughs> like, that's what you are. That's what you're doing when you say, well, academics, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wake Forest, we put out, this is a house of learned doctors. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the greatest movie lines ever. This is a house of learned doctors. Yeah. I love that. Any, that's Step Brothers, for anybody who doesn't know. I did not do math before the show, I promise. Okay, um, I okay. just don't like the look down your nose thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. San Diego State Aztec says, Halloween, major opportunity to get Reese's and not be sorry. That's correct. Uh, Boyd Lake says, Grandpa Monty could get some Depends, just saying. Look. Good, good, good. Yeah, but that caused chafing. Okay. Chafing? What? You know, Jeff Johnson agrees with me. I hate Halloween. Biggest waste of money ever for everything. <laughs> and then they smash your pumpkins. Okay, what's your favorite candy bar? Oh, stop it. Snickers and it ain't close. Okay. Although I will say it is close. Eating the caramel off the top of a Twix bar to throw out the cookie pisses off Mrs. Monty. That's why I do it. And I ain't giving up no damn rice cookie So it, it brings Mrs. Monty and I closer together. Right, you guys are able to bond over that moment. And you know all those cool videos on Instagram where, like, you dumpster dive and there's raccoons in there? Right. That's Mrs. Monty ch chasing after the Twix cookie when I throw it out. I'm for real. I just made that whole thing up right off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> Snickers is the best candy bar ever. Although I do enjoy eating a fresh Twix bar where you can eat the the stuff off the top like it's a harmonica. Ah! Are we clear on that? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know where this oh comes from. You know what dude. it is? Mrs. Monty made me go to bed on time. I took a, a cold, not cold, but like a chilly shower before bed last night. Mrs. Monty did it right. And then she turned on the fan and opened the windows, so we slept in cold. It was amazing. I woke up. My knee didn't hurt anymore today. Like, it's amazing. 
I slept really well. Okay. Oh, I visited nighttime pee guy one time because I drank a full cup of water before bed last night. Burkus. Like an idiot. Um, but other than that, oh, dude, I had such a near miss with the aim and nighttime pee guy last night. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do you know how Bro. hard it is to get up in the middle of the night in the dark and I use a toilet bowl light? Okay. I don't know how we got here. Link in the description. Click on yeah, it. <laughs> call me. Uh, but I use a toilet bowl light so right. I don't have to turn on the bathroom light. Right? right. I did one of those. You know when you're you're going to the bathroom and you're way to the right and you just do one of those yank the fire hose moves and you're like, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> was one of the greatest saves ever. What the fuck are you, Ranger Rick? I am Ranger Rick. <laughs> it was a, like you're just sitting there. And and frankly, I, I it's two hands, and you're just like ah, and it's boom, and you hear it in the water, and you put your head, and you're like, yeah, okay, out great, but then we got momentum going. Anyway. Woo, that was awesome. <laughs> Went right back to bed, and the odd thing is, I was like, oh man, you know what happened? I missed, so I flipped on the lights, not a drop. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss, flipped excellent. off, the, hit the flush, flipped off the light, went back to sleep. Woke up right on time. You know, four twelve, like it was nobody's business. That was truly incredible. Yeah, you know. Wow. Uh, Ed, Edwin says, sounds like you need a mattress sponsor on the show. Dude. Yeah. Uh, New York Jazz fan says, love sleeping in the cold. Leave the windows open. Yeah. I'm telling you, a life hack is get a woman that will cuddle with you under the blanket. Although I did hotbox Mrs. Monty. Okay, out, out you hotboxed Mrs. Monty. I uh, may have had a little gas last night. Keeping juices is not all over the place. Who hasn't done that, though? Who has not done that, though? But you, I'm telling you, get a woman who will sleep with the window open and the fan on. We have a really nice one of those oversized blankets on our bed. Right. Ooh, winter brings the weighted blanket back. Mmm. Mmm. It's going to be amazing. Anyway, wow. sleep with wow. the sleep with the fan on and the window open, wow. and, and life is good. I actually I hate the blanket we have right now. Yeah, it's probably too big and it's stretchy. No, it's like and, it's stretchy. Yeah. So like when I'm trying to get out from under the blanket, like it just keeps it's the never ending pull. I I, say, it just keeps stretching, so like you never reach the end of it. I will say the other morning when I was trying to get out of bed because I'm always dehydrated because right. I'm fat. Right. But the point is. Um, I was trying to get out of bed and my toe got caught on our blanket. Oh my God, the calf cramp was. Y'all feel it me? Caused a calf. And you're right. We have one of those big oversized blankets. Like we have a, a California king size bed. Right. And the blanket is too big for the bed. Like it's that big. Size does matter. Uh, well, you wouldn't know. Yeah. But the point is. Y'all feel me? The point is, I caught my big toe on that blanket and oh my God. Like All wrong. life stopped. I yeah. saw my calf muscle and as flash. You can see, I'm going through some like, shit. Right I saw now. my calf muscle flash before my eyes. Right. You never move more quickly than when you have a calf cramp. <laughs> oh. I mean, your twitch muscles are like engaged. What are the people saying? Leg cramps are the worst. Dude. You know. Um, Larry Pilgrim says, agree to disagree on some things, but you guys are 100% very entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we try. Uh, Monty, San Diego State Aztec says, Monty, what was the kid who would open the window on the bus ride to school in the winter and the other kids would scream at him? Oh, my God. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, Tanner says, winter is going to bring the weighted blanket back. Well, that depends on if we have a good winter this year. We're supposed to. We're supposed to. And I'm telling you El right Nino. now. I'm telling you right now, when you when you look at what the 
the El Nino does or La Nina or what have you. It's the fucking vernal equinox. Yeah, and, and I, I am... <laughs> well, but you're not wrong, right? You, you are not wrong. Yeah. But what it certainly does is not help me find the graphic that I yeah, need. What are you doing? <laughs> what it what what the vernal equinox does is bring bring football at fifty to the winter time. If I could have found the stupid graphic, I would have done that earlier. Football at fifty ten in the hour every hour presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. PapaMurphy's.com. Download the app. I'm going to do it right after the show. Um, oh, we get pizza tonight. We get pizza tonight. Hell it's yeah. Friday night. Let's Absolutely. Go. Uh, we will get the Papa Murphy's pizza on Let's the smoker. Go. And you know what? It, it, pictures or it didn't happen. Yes. Video on the Insta Snap Face machine. Uh, absolutely find me on Twitter and Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Is Mitch Trubisky the problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know that he's a, he's the whole problem. I mean, certainly you could always have a better quarterback, but what no one wants to admit is that Trubisky's good enough to get you by. Trubisky's good enough to win you games, you know? Like, I, I think that what I don't like to say is, hey, Mitch is terrible and he's the reason you lose games. Like, I think at some point you have to kind of come to the middle on it and say, yeah, he isn't the best thing ever, but he's also not not the worst quarterback in the league. You know, it's very much in the, you know, Jimmy G logic. Like, Jimmy G's better than Mitch Trubisky, but we can all agree that Jimmy G's not the reason they won a Super Bowl. No, I would agree with that. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. I think watching that game last night, you have a serious continuity problem on offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I am thrilled for Cleveland Browns fans because yeah. what happened with Deshaun Watson, what happened with Chaboy, Chaboy, Baker Mayfield, all of this turmoil. Yeah, there you go. There he is. All this turmoil. Jacoby Brissett actually played pretty good football last night. Yeah. I do still maintain Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL. And I'm happy for Cleveland Brown fans because they deserve a little light in their life. Yeah. By the way, did you guys see Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam get pegged with a water bottle? Well, he got hit in the head. He didn't get pegged. He got, he got hit pegged in the head. with a water bottle. In the head. Uh, last week, they arrested that fan and charged him with assault, by the way. Um, speaking of conferences merging, did anybody notice that uh, Amazon Prime and Nielsen released the numbers for week one? 15 million people. Watched Thursday Night Football Week 1 on Amazon Prime. Who's surprised? I'm shocked. Fif why? Because 15 million people Why are you is, surprised? That's a ton of people. Yeah, but why is it? Why Why am I not surprised? Because you don't have to have DirecTV. You don't have to have Dish Network. Right? Like, that's that's the difference. It's I, on I, people's I phones. Think, I think when you look at these numbers, and I'm looking up Monday Night Football ratings... Um, you look at these numbers. Dude, 15 million people is a drop in the bucket for a company that's got, I think we said the other day, they got like 300 million Prime members globally. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know why people are surprised by this. It is easy to find. You don't have to pay more for it. It's not like the Sunday ticket. Like, you're good. On network television, Monday Night Football, draws 12 million people. Amazon Prime got 15 million people on Thursday night football. Yes. I, that's a shocking win. That is a shocking win. That is a massive number. I don't disagree with you. It's Amazon, and we talked about this the other day. Like, 
162 million people, almost, or actually I think it was almost 170 million people have Amazon Prime. That's half the population of the United States yes. has Amazon Prime. I, it, 15 million people watching any one thing is a massive number. To do it not on TV, it's an, it's an incredible win. But does it change what the Pac-12 or the Big 12, does it make that a, a tier one, like the place to watch Pac-12 football is on Amazon Prime? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason it can be a possibility is because everyone has Amazon Prime, right? Like, again, it's, it's so funny, like, if you think about what what legitimizes something, right? Utility. People's need to use that product. So Amazon has this great thing where, hey, we've got this store where you're going to buy your yeah. everyday products. And then as part of that same subscription, again, it doesn't cost you more money. As part of that same subscription, we're going to provide you games. We're going to provide you football games. And I think in the NFL for Thursday night, it works great because it's once a week. So I'm assuming that if Amazon did a rights deal with college football, you probably would have yeah. to pay a little bit more. But that's the beauty of it. Well, we were watching the game last night, Mrs. Monty and I, and I got to tell you, like their little graphics channel, like when you flip on Amazon Prime to watch Thursday Night Football, they give you three options. English, which is, and, and we'll talk about Herb Street now, Michaels, in a second. But that, you can watch that broadcast. They have a full Spanish language broadcast. And they have a graphics stat channel. And the cool thing is, like when you hand the ball, Brissett hands the ball to Nick Chubb, it tracks Nick Chubb. It tells you how fast he's running. It shows you a line behind him so you see where he ran. Like yes. It gives you stats, win probabilities, all kinds of stuff. It's actually a really entertaining product. Now, the only complaint I have about the Amazon broadcast is the sound is still too low. Mm -hmm. The sound is still too low. In Kirk Herb Street, you have Jake... Stop the music. Jake, you have finally done something well in your life. Okay. You have convinced me that Kirk Herbstreet is awkward calling NFL games. Yeah, I just, it's he's awkward. a college football guy. It, it, it's it awkward. Just, it just is what it is. And I think the only other knock on Amazon Prime is that when you're watching a game on Prime, you can't flip around to other games during commercials or anything else. You're on Amazon Prime. Tanner Tanner says, I still hate Al Michaels. Plus, he and Kirk Herbstreit don't work well together. I don't mind Al Michaels, yeah, man. I, I, Al I think Michaels? Al Michaels is, is you know, a voice in football. There's no doubt about that. How do you hate Al Michaels? That's crazy. You know, like, I just don't know. I Okay, I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Simon says, when I hear that music, I'm expecting the quick three minutes with the man. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, not really sure what that means, Simon. I'm not sure who um, hurt who hurt you, Simon. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, let's see, Tanner. That story was so insane. I don't know what story you're talking about. Have you guys talked about the Utah um, student threatening to blow up a nuclear reactor of Utah? Oh lost yeah, launch codes. State? Yes, we talked about that, and I, I think it is. Uh, I think it's incredible. I think it's crazy. Talking with Raphael Podcast. On PBS Radio or Amazon Prime. On Amazon Prime. Uh, Amazon should buy the DC Comics universe and start making movies and TV series. No, please. Please. We're going to, in non-sports stories today, I'm going to ask Jake a question. I'm sure the answer, no, no. Eric and Raleigh says, I love Al Michaels, but Herb Street is way outside his element in the NFL. Yes. Really? Really? Agreed. Uh, Simon says not everyone has Amazon Prime. Well, no, but I'm telling you that most people have Amazon Prime. The numbers say that over half of Americans have Amazon Prime. So 
from a business perspective that basically guarantees that you're going to do numbers. Yep. Uh, Wings of Gumby. I wish football had a presence on Apple TV. Well, it does. It's called MLS. Anybody excited about that deal? Neat. All right, moving on. Uh, Boyd Lake says Thursday night football is here to stay. Think about it. Monday comes for comes after several days of football. TNF comes after a two-day drought. TNF is money. Yep. Now, well, you're starting to see that it's money. Absolutely it's money. Yep. Uh, Eric says, Simon, 55% of the United States has Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I agree not everyone has it, but when you have over half of Americans having it, you're making money. Steve Moser in some very interesting text says, I love big corporations. Derp. Uh, okay. It's the way of the world, bro. It is the way of the world. You know what I'm saying? Eric and Raleigh says another 25% have access to Amazon Prime through family and friends. Well, Agreed. And I think that's, and that's the, a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carlin LeFevre says uh, pegged with a water bottle. <laughs> LMAO. That's not what I meant. <laughs> well, it's what you said, okay? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what you meant to do. It only matters what you do do. Um, and You said do-do. You said do-do, <laughs> and what you should do is go to Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pet Pizza for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Probably want to get those <laughs> graphics right. You know, depending on uh, you, what's on the screen. <laughs> you know... What a show. What Football a at show. 50 is presented by Papa Murphy's uh, Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25. I'm ordering it tonight. In fact, I will sc maybe screen record. I don't know. I'll show you what I order yeah, on the Papa recorded. Murphy's app. Maybe I will, yeah. Uh, because I'm telling you, Papa Murphy's on a Friday night is the best way to end the week. Um, if I had not completely clouded my water in the hot tub, I would probably be eating Papa Murphy's Pizza in the hot tub. Correct the mundo. You know. It happens to the worst of us. Uh, the point is, man, cloudy water. Sounds like a kidney infection. My point that? is that uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza is amazing. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of $25 or more. Good morning, Jake. How are we doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it. Uh, the Monty Show is presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Um... A lot going on in football this morning. Obviously, this story with George Klyovkov, if you're just tuning into the show, um, there's a report out of uh, North Carolina that says that uh, the ACC, um, specifically uh, with our good friends at uh, the University of North Carolina, is exploring a merger uh, with, the with the ACC joining the Big 12 or the Pac-12 to form a super conference. North Carolina's athletic director sent a text to his chancellor that said, should we explore a partnership with the Big 12 or the Pac-12? Um, that was from Bubba Cunningham, the uh, athletic director at UNC, to which the chancellor said, oh yeah, we could have a super conf conference both athletically and academically, probably need to be called the Athletic Pacific Athletic Conference. Good luck nice saying name. that. Say that five times, the Athletic Pacific <laughs> Athletic Conference of the Pacific and Atlantic. APAC. It's, it's a super PAC. The point is, uh, this is legit. This is real. This is a Freedom of Information Act request. And I think what it tells you is that the ACC realizes it has a very small window in time where it's got a little bit of leverage because of the value of its grants of rights and the cost it is to get out of that. 
And let's not forget the Notre Dame tie-in to the ACC for basketball. Um, and let's not forget that the SEC is going to try to poach the finer brands in that league. It's going to be really interesting to see if the, the ACC and the Pac-12 pull this off because I still maintain um, that ESPN would like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to merge. And I think that's a super conference, allegedly a super conference, but that's a conference with those combined brands that really could be a dominant force in college football. They would absolutely have to add San Diego State because there's no more real estate left in Southern California beyond San Diego. And I think you would have to add the Aztecs to have that footprint. But can you imagine a conference where you combined, and I actually think the Mountain West has real value now that Craig Thompson has stepped down, but can you imagine combining the best parts of the, the, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the Mountain West? That's a real footprint. That is a West Coast conference. Yeah. And it would be very interesting to see exactly how that how all that worked out. Somebody mentioned to me the other day, well, what if a school like Gonzaga joins that conference just as a basketball member? Well, now you're really cooking with gas. What if we got a what if we got a Mondo huge Normous West Coast conference that included Kansas and Gonzaga playing basketball twice a year every year? Right. I mean, that there's real value in that. What if we got Kansas and Arizona? What if we got, you know, UCLA and Gonzaga playing twice a year every year? Like Think about the ramifications and the possibilities. And that's why I say, hey, if you're the Pac-12, if you're the Big 12, if you're the ACC, you can't afford to sit around and wait. And I understand that the expanded college football playoff money makes it a possibility to slow down expansion. I don't know that that's possible anymore. When you see text messages like that and and UNC is a power a power program yeah. just in basketball alone but obviously the football program has made strides but when you see somebody like North Carolina truly acting I mean they they're they're thinking about it far more than hey what do you think about pizza or burgers right like they've got a name for it to me that there's real value in that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I, I there's obviously interest. I think that the problem is that the Pac-12 is prideful. The problem is is that George Klyovkov wants to sell a bill of goods about how his conference is the best thing since sliced bread, and I think that that's going to deteriorate conversations when those conversations begin. Because again, this this whole super conference concept isn't going anywhere. It's going to be here. It's going to happen. And and I don't know exactly when it's going to happen. You know whether it's five years from now or ten years from now or however long it takes. But but the super conference idea just works too well for it not to happen. I mean, think about it. Instead of having five, you know, conf uh, five conferences that are competing for the college football playoff, why would you not break that down into three conferences? Why wouldn't you have the SEC, the Big Ten, and then this ACC, you know, Big 12, Pac-12 sort of merger or whatever? Like, obviously, you'd have to work that out a bit, but you kind of see the picture you know, become a little clear when you think about, hey, we have two huge conferences and within those conferences, they're going to have some rules for eligibility and stuff for the college football playoff. And then the the big the big boys don't change. And that's why I think it works because it's it's simple. It makes sense. There's a lot of TV money in that. Like it, it just pans out. So the only problem I see is how childish the Pac-12 will be in those conversations and how long they'll hold it up. Yeah, I, I think it's very interesting. What do you make of 
Super conferences, though. Like, is are super conferences good for college athletics? I think this is a huge question. I really want your comments on this. Let's get let's get our commenters going this morning. I see a lot of you are here. Obviously, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up and a like. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, we are trying our best to get to ten thousand before this uh, fine twenty twenty two year ends. October's next week. Give us a thumbs up and a like. Um, what do you guys think of super conferences? Jake, are super conferences good for college athletics? Well, good or bad, I, I think, like I was saying, I think they're coming. I mean, I, you, you have a, a situation where you have di con different conferences, obviously, um, that are good at different things. So, like, the ACC is a basketball conference. The the Big 12 is basketball and football. The Big 10, you can make a case for, for basketball, I guess, but I, I view the Big 10 more as a football conference. And the SEC obviously is the leading football conference. So to me, you have, you know, good or bad, I think you have differences in all of these conferences. And if you combine those sub-conferences, you can put together a pretty good product. And I think where the conversation really starts to take off is TV money and revenue uh, in, in what that looks like. Because if you have a scenario where, you know, the, the west of the Mississippi River, that let's say that that's one conference, and then east of the Mississippi River, you do it that way, that's, that's a big deal. That's a lot of teams. That's a lot of TV revenue. Let's say that the ACC and the Pac-12, like, like is being reported, are, you know, the ACC is interested in that type of setup. That's also really interesting to me because then you get a scenario where you've got two, both of the coasts of the United States teaming up for a conference. There's a lot of travel in that. But that's very attractive. You're telling me that that coastal cities being in one conference isn't attractive? Like, yeah, it's very attractive. So that's why I say I think it is good for college football. But I think the problem is is these 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 commissioners get really prideful about their conferences and think that they're better than anybody else. And that holds up conversations, which inevitably holds up business. So that's the issue. Well, and I also think that you're when you talk about the money, the 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 financials of it. My question is how much of this goes back to the kid? Because I also think when you look at super conferences, you have to talk about the fact that I don't believe NIL has been good for the student athlete. I think in certain limited situations, it has been. The, the transfer portal largely is a failure for the kid getting in the transfer portal, right? There are, again, Caleb Williams is a very rare example of this. You look at guys and their, their plights, and their fights to get to the NFL, let's say, in college football. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe that NIL and the transfer portal have helped student-athletes. I think super conferences make more money. The question is, how long will the NCAA survive? Because my biggest hope and the reason I support super conferences is I believe that the NCAA should be abolished. I think it's a joke. I think it is a money-making operation for a bunch of old white guys that are already millionaires who are making millions of dollars off of these kids who, who give in, in some cases, they give up the best years of their life to play football so rich old men can get richer. And my hope, well, my hope is, is that we, we see super conferences come in and that those super conferences eventually do away yeah. with the NCAA because the SEC doesn't need the NCAA. The Pac-12 desperately needs the NCAA because they're incompetent. The Big 12 doesn't need the NCAA. The Big 10 doesn't need the NCAA. Form super conferences and eliminate the NCAA. Let's have a real college football playoff. Yeah. Let's have a system where the best teams in the country 
prove that they're the best teams in the country. And I think one of the best things that's come out of all of this TV money and all of these grant of rights is we're finally pushing to a point where the TV industry has as much sway as the the administrators and the presidents at these colleges do to make more money. Put those kids on TV, put more kids in leverage situations and let them prove their salt so that they can go and make money in the NFL. Yeah. Because again, I will just say, I still maintain, even with NIL in the wild, wild west that has become NIL, most kids are suffering through it. They're not making money. They're, we're talking about hundreds of dollars in some cases, and most kids don't even make that. Yeah, and I think dissolving the NCAA is a, is a brilliant move because it just brings so much more flexibility. Like, let's consolidate and get flexible. Like, let's let's... Let's put together a system where we don't care how much Jimmy the tight end is making versus how much the quarterback is making. Like, let these guys go out and make money. I mean, you have, you know, it's no secret you have student athletes who are working full-time jobs to pay for their education in addition to the sports that they do, you yeah. know? And, and that, to me, is just insanity. That's why I'm saying, like, in Dude's letter, in Klyavkov's letter, when he's talking about how, well, UCLA going to the Big Ten is is not going to benefit the student-athlete, it's a joke because the student-athlete doesn't benefit now. No. You know? So, to me, that's just a, 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 a... It's just not a point. Like, it's just... It's BS. All right, coming up here in 15 minutes, you're going to hear from Ben Simmons. I want to get a little NFL in or, or a little NBA in here on, on Football Friday, but I cannot wait to crush somebody on this Ben Simmons bite because, again, it proves I'm good looking. But let's right. get your comments on super conferences. Fat Jesus says super conferences are like orgies. It looks fun, but too many people to really get to know anyone over time. Do you want to set up the meeting? All right, let's move on. Um <laughs> What do I even say to that? Uh, Joshua Taylor says, uh, I get the conferences may not have the biggest or best brands, but I've maintained the pack should merge with the Mountain West to corner the West Coast market like the SEC has done in the South. I yeah, mean, and I think that's another that's another really idea. smart point. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, but this is kind of what I'm getting at with George Klavkov. He's not good at business. Like, you're spending your time no. fretting over UCLA. Like, with all due respect to UCLA, they haven't done a damn thing in, in decades. Like, you should be spending your time on ideas like this, like merging with another conference or building this bitter, bigger and better product that's going to make you more money and sort of reset the lifeblood of the conference because that's what needs to happen. You're meddling in this scenario where you're not going to survive instead of saying, okay, yeah, let's build something new but that people like. What Survival. Yeah. Survival is an interesting word because I don't know that survival matters at this level. I mean, you for the conference, sure. For the brand of the Pac-12, Utah's always going to have a home. Yeah. Right? I mean, Stanford, Cal. But George doesn't give a damn about that. No, he doesn't. And that's the problem. Yeah. I, I think when you get into these situations where you have guys like, um, you know, you, you, you look at any of these commissioners. Yeah. I mean, there. Kevin Warren is the is right now is the hottest commodity in the business, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you look at what he's done, and and you can't help but think that he has done a really good job representing the Big Ten. But but you look at his aggressiveness. You look at his willingness to go out and put together the you know the 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 Notre Dame NBC Big Twelve like 
window in time on a Saturday. That concept, that tells me he's good at doing business. Like, you're thinking about... But what about Brett Yormark? I mean, is he a guy that, you know, obviously he's a new commissioner. Yeah. is it, he, he hasn't done a whole lot. But he hasn't been in office long. No, he's opened up negotiations on his TV rights, or he said he is going to. They have not, from my understanding, done so. Yeah. I don't know. Are, are we in a situation where this is a guy that we think is a better commissioner than George Klyovkov? I don't know. He seems to do it better than George does. I mean, I thought it was really smart. Your first action was to tour all your campuses. Yeah. The and biggest problem I have with George is that he's not a business mind. He is a, oh, the numbers say this. Um, great. Then that's the case. It's not always about the numbers. No, it's You have not. to understand that it's about the impact on the consumer. Because that's what we're all sitting here talking about. Like, let's be honest. College athletics is all about how many people can you get to watch watch your product. And with all due respect to water polo, it's not paying the bills, right? So to me, when you're looking at football, that's what pays the bills. Football is not even my number one sport. I'm a basketball and baseball guy. But the fact is, is football is what everyone cares about. So that's what we're going to talk about on this show regularly during football season. That's what George Klyovkov does not understand. No, it's not I agree about, with that. It's not about 100 years and 190-some-odd championships or whatever. It's not about that, George. It's about putting together a product that is unique and that someone cannot find anywhere else, which is the Amazon Prime experience, which is any of these other high-end schools. Which, by the way, Larry Scott told us three years ago, five years ago, at Pac-12 Media Day, he straight up told us, oh, yeah, we have a deal in the works. It'll be fine. And, and that was a lie. And it's still not fine. So, but, you know, interesting point by Simon. Uh, so do you think your your mark is going to develop a super conference for the Big 12? Because personally, I think if your mark doesn't get aggressive soon, I'm scared the Big 12 will, will get left out. I, I don't, see, I, I don't know what the Big 12 needs to do. I know what I would do. And if I were the Big 12... I would poach teams from the 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 Pac-12, but let's not forget, you know, jerk off face liar guy Klyavkov <laughs> said <laughs> said, "Hey, none of our schools are leaving." I he guarantees, I guarantee you, none of our schools are leaving for the Big Twelve. He said, "I guarantee you, none of them are leaving." Congratulations, but that's I bullshit, mean, right? Like, how, how, what do you mean you guarantee? Yeah, if I am if I am the Big Twelve. He, he, I mean, he is baiting me. If I am the Big 12, I'm going to get San Diego State. I'm going to get Boise State. Mm -hmm. And I am going to try and get Arizona, Utah, probably Oregon and Washington, who I think eventually end up in the Big 10. Right. And I think probably Stanford and Cal go with because the Big 10 knows it needs travel partners for Southern California. If if I'm me, and, and frankly, frankly, I think that's what the, the Board of Regents is waiting for, the UC Board of Regents, is to figure out if the, the Big Ten is going to add Stanford, Cal, Oregon, and Washington so that they can have travel partners because mm -hmm. that's the right move here. And then as soon as that happens, I mean, the conference is deader than dead, that it's dead already and dead right. and stuff. Deceased. Right. Um, if, I'm, if I'm the Big 12, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going after everybody else because the Big 12 cannot compete with the, the, the Big Ten. 
Yeah. I, I, I think there's no question about that and financially. I don't think that's, that's, that's not a shade or a slight to the Big 12. I mean, it, it's just it's just where things are at. And I think that, you know, if you're the Big 12, you're, you're in a position where, yeah, you don't want to get left behind. At the same time, you also don't want to be in a position where you're at the behest of of the Big Ten. I, I and that's why I say if you see, you know, this report that comes out that the ACC was looking at a possible merger and a super conference, if I'm your mark, I'm calling those guys and I'm saying, hey, what did you have in mind? Like, let's at least put the concept together. What does that look like, roughly speaking? Hey, what are what would be some numbers we'd be looking at, or how would we work this? You know, yeah. you got to explore those opportunities because ultimately, that's how business gets done. Yep. This hour of the show presented by our good friend Devry Davis at Academy Mortgage, and again, the real estate market is crazy. You saw what happened with rates. Um, you know, you can't, in my opinion, you want to talk about being aggressive. You got to be aggressive with your mortgage. I mean, you're in a position where you either have a mortgage and you you likely should refi, or you want to buy a house and you just think you can't afford it. But trust me when I say you can. Days on market are up. That means how many days has this house been listed for sale? Those are getting longer and longer and longer, which means the prices are getting lower and lower and lower. And there's never been a better time for you right now than today to today. call our, today to call our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, the Davis Lending Team, 801-543-9666, NMLS number 278545, because Devery Davis, plain and simply put, he is a guy you can trust. He's written three mortgages for Mrs. Monty and me. Um, he has been a great guy to deal with. He deal with him directly too. I love all these other mortgages that are like, oh, it's personal service. And then you you get some guy in a call center in Poughkeepsie who doesn't even know your name and never Hell wants no. to know your name, right? I mean, to me, when you're making the largest transaction of your entire life, you want to be able to say, hey, Devery, how's this going? Hey, what about this? How about that? That's why you go to a guy like Devery Davis and the Davis Lending Team at Academy Morgan. You're listening to The Monty Show, my favorite peeps. I'm Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you don't know what you're doing, you bought multiple homes, second homes, investment properties, multifamily, we've got you covered. Our office consists of everybody it takes to do your loan, from processing to underwriting to doc departments. We do it all right here. We're not waiting on Tucum Carrier Walla Walla Washington to answer an email. We take care of it here. The housing market's changed. Prices are dropping. It's the greatest time to buy a house. There's no such thing as a dumb question. If you have any questions, you give me a shout. I'll walk you through it. Have a great day. Tell my money guys I said, what's up? What's up? Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. The Davis Lending Team, 801-543-9666. Equal housing lenders. Good dude, too. Good dude. Devery Davis yes. is salt of the earth. That's the guy you want to deal with. Tell me you heard about us on the Monty Show. We appreciate that very much. 822, let's keep getting your comments in here. Um, let's see. Uh, Tanner says, uh, by the way, Jake, I didn't think red is your color. What do you mean, man? What do you mean red's not his color? Bro, why, red, why would, red, red's a power color, bro. Why would red not be his color? What do you mean? Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast says, favorite sports, football, basketball, baseball, football, and everything else. Okay. Okay. I like it. Uh, Simon says, your mark is keeping his cards close to his vest. Very smart. Agreed. A and notice he's not doing what Klyovkov jerkface is doing. This is another doing. great point by you. I agree with this. Klyovkov is just out there spewing n n garbage. Whether it's in a letter to the UC Board of Regents, this hit, hit piece he did with Kenzano and Wilner, 
Um, like he's just out here guaranteeing nobody's going to the Big Twelve. And I don't understand the strategy with that because just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. Like. Just because you're out here writing letters and talking a bunch of junk about how no one's going to the Big 12. like, And let's not forget about what he said about the Big 12 in media days, too. Like, he said that the Big 12 was just trying to tear down the Pac-12. And it's like, dude, like, this is what I mean. He's focused on everybody else except himself in this conference. That's yeah. the problem. And, and I'm telling you, your mark is not an idiot. Like, Warren is not an idiot. The guy's running... Running UNC and the ACC are not idiots, man. They are going to get together and they will put something together. Again, I don't know what the what the desire for it is right now, but I'm telling you, college athletics is heading to a super conference setup because logistically speaking, when you can cover more ground, it just makes more sense, man. Yeah, I agree. Boyd Lake uh, says your mark moved the Big 12 TV rights negotiation window. He is being aggressive. True. Yeah. True, and I'll uh, I'll make I'll have a couple of phone calls today to see if those negotiations have started because ESPN pretty much came right back out and said no, we haven't started talking. Yet. Yeah. So Wings of Gumby says if the ACC, Big Twelve, Pac twelve merge, call it an open athletic conference, OPAC. Okay. <laughs> okay, like OPAC. oh the OPAC, the CPAC. Yeah, they deal in oil. The SPAC. Um, Caden Adonis says if Washington State has a stellar year, do they get invited or do they still get left behind? I just, with all due respect, right, I don't see that Oregon State and Washington State have a lot to do here. I, I don't see that they have leverage. That's out of the window. I mean, listen, they 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 bring they bring viewers. I mean, Washington State's TV numbers are actually pretty good. But I think when you look at overall value, the, the bandwidth to add teams is not endless. Right. It's just not endless. I think what ends up happening, though, is like, so the Big Ten obviously is not done adding teams. And then the Big 12 is obviously going to add teams. So my question is, for the pack, 10, if let's say the Big Ten adds five of the what's left in the pack, you can't tell me those other five teams aren't going to get swallowed up by somebody. They will. They'll find a place. Well, and I think the other thing that, that Klyovkov jerkface did to college football is he's also made it so that when you look at these schools that have ties now yeah, and you look at the UC system, they are absolutely going to change the way they allow schools to do business in their conferences now. Thanks. And you're going to see that you're, you're going to have agreements where, you know, schools like, and I think, I think Washington is one of the schools doing it. Washington and Washington state will, will have some kind of agreement. And when you, you look at, the, the way that college football works, I, I I can't say that I disagree with that. I mean, it's very difficult when you when you're Cal Berkeley and you've been terrible at making money, and this is part of the other conversation in the Pac twelve, they don't have good business people running those schools. They Y'all don't feel me? I mean, Cal Berkeley is in dreadful financial shape because they renovated a football stadium that frankly not many people were interested in going to. And still, people aren't that interested in going to. Yeah. And, and it just, it's amazing to me that people like Cal and UCLA are just not good at making money. Yet you have somebody in USC just down the road that's a private school that's wonderful at making money. Yeah. And you, you look at schools like Stanford, Stanford's well aware of who they are. 
They're not a. They're not an athletic school. They're an institution of higher learning. And I don't even think they want to be an athletic no. school. Like their whole thing has always been that yeah, we're an institution of higher learning, and we're we're making, you know, we're we're giving people this ridiculous education, and I'm fine with that. I frankly don't have a problem with it. But but I think at some point, and I don't know when this is going to happen, but I have to imagine there will come a point in this process where the threat of teams leaving the pack wakes up George Klyovkov, and he starts to understand, okay, I need to change the edict here. I need to kind of shift. Oh and I boy. don't know when that happens. Oh, boy. Tom Basilius needs a little help with a text message, Jake. He says, hey, chat and Monty. Jake, sir, this one out. Sit this one out. Any breakup advice? Jake depends on the situation. Bro. Jake breaks up. We, yeah, Tom, give us a little more advice. We'd be happy to advise you on how to break her heart. You want to crush souls? We're we're very good at. Well, Jake does it over text usually. Right, um, I wouldn't right. advise that. I'd actually advise right. you to you know communicate. Uh, but Tom, like, let's get some advice rolling. Tell us your situation. What do you need to know? You know, look at Boyd Lake. Uh, Tom Basilius, just be honest. Don't avoid a painful talk. So so much easier said than done. So much easier. San Diego State Aztec says, I agree, Monty. I've been saying since the start of realignment that the Big 12 should grab San Diego State, get the SoCal footprint, and if the Pac-12 dies, it dies. If the Pac-12 dies, it dies. It is what it is. If it dies, it dies, it's dead. Yeah. We'll eat it and stuff. Uh, that is, I don't know what Ivan Drago's voice sound like, so I make it like this. Okay. Is that at all Russian or is that more Slovakian? Uh, I'm not sure. That feels much more. Yeah, I'm not sure. Slovakian. Yeah, it does. Um, let's see. <laughs> Breakup advice on this show is going to be amazing. Caden uh, Adonis says USC and UCLA are irreplaceable. The Pac-12 will never recover. No, it won't. Exactly right. M. Al M. Alvarez says text is by far the best way to break up. No mess. <laughs> Was there any mess when you broke up with that girl by text, Jake? Um, yes. You broke up with her by text. Mm -hmm. yes, Where are we at in society today? Yes, Jake did that. But you don't leave it. You don't put any context into it. Like you just you no, make it out. When like you break I, up with her by text, do not put context in that text. You out. You out. New hoes in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? I don't put context. You in don't it? put any context into it. You don't say why it happened that way or what what the reason was you make it out like i just chose to do it that way yeah you woke up one day dropped it dropped the browns off at the super bowl you're like yeah i've had enough right pulled out your phone and you said it's over right and then you blocked her that's the last thing you ever talked to her about right mm -hmm. right is that not how it went no that's not actually how it went okay let's go oh tom just ruined his own life so she's getting heavier that's probably not when when you say you need breakup advice. Start when we say, well, why do you want to break up with her? Okay, how long have you been together? Yeah, you know, she put on a few pounds. No, we need we need more than that. We I need more than he why said you don't like she's her. She's getting heavier, and I don't want to sleep with her anymore. She's never had a good personality. How long have you been together? Bro, how? Oh, Mrs. My, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, oh, you're God. you're asking okay. for trouble here. Oh, God. What's this gentleman's name? Tom? Tom. Tom. Tommy. Tom, 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 Tom. Sounds like you've only <laughs> been with her to make your penis happy. Okay, here we you go. You want her happy <laughs> if she never had a good personality. God. I'm just saying, 
that maybe breaking up by text is just fine. But God, you need to actually have some better relationships. Please give Mrs. Monty a filter. Nope. Okay. I need to know. We need more context here. Yeah, like, we need more context. How long have you been she's together? She's gained weight. Wait, but hold on. Hold on. Seriously. How long have you been together? Do you live together? Five years. What is the context? Whoa, You've been together five years. You've been, you, whoa, easy. You've been together You're, for five years? And only because you liked the, the sex? She's never had a great personality. You need to have better relationships. You well, so wait a minute. Okay. No. Mm -mm. Now this is a okay. okay. You gotta let wow. dude explain. Jake was you gotta not let dude explain wow. with her for okay. five years. Okay, so wait a minute. Tom. Donnie. You've been with her for five years. Clearly only because of the sex. Now she gained weight, so the sex isn't so good, and she's not a great conversationalist. The hugs. So I'm out. That do kinda, you live together? Yeah, do you guys live together? Like, how have you been with her for five I years? I assume you do if you've been together five years. Whoa, Cody Strickland says, damn, Tom, you shouldn't say that. You should have said that I lost that special connection with her. Not say the girl got I a little bit too big for me. Connection. Well, look, man, you know, we used to have these great conversations, but you're fat, so I'm out. See you later. <laughs> I don't even... Uh, no, but come on, Tom, seriously. Yeah, first seriously. of all, the, yeah, in all seriousness, you cannot say to her, hey, you're fat. Yeah, you that doesn't weight. that doesn't work, bro. You can't. I, I, that's just not how life works. You, you, you know? can't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is. Cr oh my god. So wait. Okay. okay no, but so, seriously, Tom. Tom. And Jake and I have talked about this. Jake and I talk about women all the time. You They're can. Casual. You cannot be with a woman simply for sex. Yeah, that's that's wrong. On that every is level. always. And and once you break up, you cannot any longer have sex with that woman who you were just with for sex. Completely agree. But I don't buy this, Tom. And Tom's probably scared now. I don't buy this, Tom, that you were with her for five years simply because of the sex. So it's only one of a couple things. If you've been with her for five five years and she has no personality, what you're telling me is, is that you're comfortable. You maybe have a confidence issue on your own. And again, we're not criticizing you. No, I'm just, just trying to get... We're just trying to talk about it. Like we I'm need trying to, to get a little background. We not go in on, dude. Like, you know, give the guy a chance here. Uh, yeah, I'm not going in on the guy. Jake's but so nice. But I think when you well, because it, it feels like an avalanche when you're like trying to. Yeah. And what I what I envision is Tom is like, oh God, how am I going to say this now? Well, it's not that she's fat. Um, we need more context because I don't. Tom, I'll be honest with you, dude. I don't buy that you're just you're bringing this up just because she's somehow put on a few pounds and no, doesn't have some great personality. There's like, got to be I'm something sure, more here. I'm sure that she's a perfectly nice person. Yes, people change. The pandemic, I, I have no problem saying I probably put on at least 20, 30 pounds during the pandemic. No problem saying it. Like, we all went through it. So so we need some context. How, like, like what is the actual issue? Because these are very real conversations. I, I, I cannot be... Yeah, I need to know. So, Tom, here are the questions I need to know. Why have you been with her for five years? Do you love this woman? I mean, you're with her for five years, you know. Um, okay, Tom says, and Tom, we're all sitting here hanging on your answers, so get typing. He says, legit, I appreciate that you guys originally went with I wanted to break up with her. Um, she she dumped me. So the advice I wanted was on how to deal with getting my heart broken by my true love. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Got it. Okay. 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 Now I need to go back and so, so did we, wait, did we how misread? did this happen? Yeah, what what what's going on here? I didn't misread. 
Uh, Tom said, hey, chat and Monty Jake, sit this one out. Any breakup advice? Then he said, so she's getting heavier and I don't want to sleep with her anymore. She never had a good personality. What am I supposed to do? You were with her for five years. Right. Right? Laughing emoji. And then you said, uh, this is awesome. Thank you. Legit. I appreciate that you guys originally went with I wanted to break up with her. She dumped me. So the advice I wanted was, how do I deal with getting my heart broken by my true love? Okay. 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 Now, here's the other problem. Is she your true? You just called your true love fat. Yeah, you need to. You need to. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We what like, we need to do is you need to hit the reset button. Yeah, you need to tell the truth about what exactly you're asking because if you're just trying to you know make fun of the comments, that's fine. Like I I get it. It's the comments, how, but as far as how you get over having your heart broken, I'm always somebody that that will tell you there is no getting over having your heart broken. A and B, it's a life hack. Yeah, you just it's, have to push through. It's a critical part of anybody's existence. That's where you, that's where you grow as a person. So if you truly had your heart broken, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now everybody says we should, we should block Tom. No, no, Tom doesn't need to be blocked. You know, Tom needs, um, what did he Tom say? What did he say? He said right there. What did he say? Tom said the truth is she's beautiful. A gymnast just broken up with. Just got broken up with. Yeah. So okay. So, so you're dealing with case, getting broken up. Yeah. With, so the the problem, which is totally legit. You you need to like my my opinions always bid. You just need to reset. Like you just need to go back and and you know do your thing. Like it's not like if you focus on being broken up with, you're gonna stay upset about it. But the, wow, you're why are you annoyed? You seem well, mad because I think that what 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 happens is 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 what I what I don't like with all due respect, Tom is that clearly you're upset about getting broken up with, which totally understand. I completely get, get it. 100% understand. But what we do as people is we want to joke about it to feel better instead of just getting to brass tacks and the facts of, hey, I have to live my life and I have to to move on. Like The fact is, is it's in the past. It's over with. You're never talking to her again. Yeah. And you need to, like, like for me, it was always about, like I just need to get back on building what we're trying to do. You know, that's how I dealt with it. Like, you know, and by the way, like, I, I don't know, you know, do you live alone? Do, do, or, you know, do you like what's your setup now? You know, because yeah. that also matters. Yeah, I think you got to go to the gym. I, I Oh, and there's a bunch of people saying that. New York Jazz fan says hit the gym, read some growth mind books, hang with your friends, stay busy and focus on growing. Yeah, that's what you need to do. I would not call your true love fat when she's not fat, though. That's not. Cool. Yeah. All right. 838. Yeah. Should we should we finally make some picks? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's get to where do you want to start? I want to start with uh, Utah and Arizona State because I actually think this is the trap game of the year. You keep saying that. Oh, it why, is. Why do you think Arizona State has any chance in this game? Uh, I think here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com, I think when you look at Arizona State, there's no reason that they should win this game. They're not talented. They're not deep. They're not well coached. They're not disciplined. Well, they don't have a coach. I'm just kidding. Obviously, they do. Obviously. Uh, Herm Edwards got fired pretty much on the field, according to video. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason for Arizona State to win this game. 
there's every reason for Utah to win this game. And it would be very easy in their preparation, in their preparatory period, for Utah to look past Arizona State. Did I mention they're a 15-and-a-half point favorite in this game? Mm -hmm. That's a huge line. This is an easy letdown game, man. This game is so dangerous. If I'm if I'm Utah, I, I and if you're just tuning in, Jake said earlier, Utah's got to come out flying. That's exactly right. If I'm Utah, I want a 21-point first quarter. This is never a game. It's a scrimmage. If they start slow, Arizona State's going to be in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I don't disagree that, it, that you know, yeah, if Utah looked past Arizona State, that's obviously a mistake. I, I totally agree, but I think that the issue here for Arizona State is that Utah, you know, is got some momentum. You know, you had a nice week against San Diego State last week. This week, you're looking to build on that, and I think that you're looking to to keep Tavion Thomas rolling in the run game. I thought finally he got going last week, and and obviously Devon Vele needs to keep it going. For me, I just think that Utah's a better program, like just through and through. I don't think this is even going to be close. And to be honest with you, I don't think that 15 and a half in this particular game is that big of a number. Ooh. I think that Utah is better. I think that Utah will control this game. And, and frankly, I think that Utah's defense will cause at least one turnover, which ultimately leads to that 21 point first quarter. The the over on this game, points bet has it at 53. FanDuel's got it at 53 and a half. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you are if you are a a 15 point favorite. Yeah, this game is 31-10, 35-10. This feels like, like a 42-17 game. 42-17, sure. Yeah, totally could see it. Yeah, that's like a big the, a big spread. That's what this feels like. But the the number's 15 and a points bet has it at 15 and a half. Uh I'm really I'm really surprised by that. Yeah. Like I I that's a that's a lot. I just Arizona State's defensive front um, is not good. Yeah, I mean they they don't stop the run well. Tavion should have a huge night here, but fifteen and a half point. I think that's going to be a tough number to cover. I, I think I guess that's going to be a tough number to cover it. here. Yeah, I mean I I you know I yeah I mean you're obviously yeah, but I I, I don't know. I'm just on a different side of this. I don't, I don't worry about Arizona State. I think that. Utah's going to handle business. I, I I I didn't like how slow they came out against San Diego State, but I think that gets fixed this week a little bit through the run game um, and really focusing on that early. So, you know, I to me, I don't know about 40 against Arizona State, but I think, you know, 30, 30 to 35 points for Utah, and I think anywhere between, you know, 10, 10 to 17 for Arizona State. That's what this game plans out, in I my mean, opinion. if I'm sitting here predicting this, yeah, I think this is a win cover over. Um, 53, you're favored by 15 and a half. 53 seems like a low number to me. Well, what they're saying with that number is that Arizona State's just not going to yeah, score. They're not going to score. Yeah, I, 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 and this defense is elite. I mean, I, I think Barton's going to have a breakout performance this season and he's going to become that stud that they've been looking for. But if it, uh, 42-17 feels right. 40 and it, it, it I don't know that Arizona State can score. I I very much wonder if they if Arizona State could beat Fresno State. If Arizona State could beat San Diego State. And I'm not convinced they can. So I think I would go somewhere in the line uh 42 to 10 is is where I would go. Yeah. It, it, it I want to say it's going to be over but I can't get there. I think 42 to 10 is where I would go. That's 52 points. So win cover under. 
is what yeah, I'm I think it's under for sure. I think it's like you think under yeah, for sure. I think it's like 35, 10, 35. It's pretty rare that the two of us are this far apart on a yeah, game. Yeah, I I think Utah dominates this game. Okay, uh, twenty one points in the first quarter. Uh, uh, twenty one points. That's the way it's got to be. Jesse Harsh says prayer for ASU's interim coach. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says 22-21 ASU with a two-point conversion to win it. Stop. Do not even joke. Boyd Lake says take the over here. Um, Jansen says the only reason I debated going to ASU were because of the parties. It is a great campus. It is a great campus. Wow. Tanner says 40-14 to ASU scores a TD in garbage time. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Um, Neville 93 says, aren't there a lot of homeless and drug problems in Arizona? No more than anywhere else. It's just hot, man. It's just hot. That's what I'm saying. Let's see. Uh, Kane Duran says, Utah wins out, goes to the Rose Bowl and joins the big 12. Utah 65 to 14. <laughs> you, can you see, can you see a 60, another 60, 70 point game for Utah? I could. Yeah, Oof. I could, but it's going to have, it, the Vela is going to have to be much better than he's been. Yeah, I am much better than he's yeah, been. You're not going to do that against a, a Pac-12 team. Like I that. actually think this is a really important game for 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 Utah. Yeah, I mean, I I just feel like I, again, I will just say it's a trap game, and I think that Utah needs to really throw the football, throw the football prolifically. You have two great receivers in Keithy and Kincaid. You've got two guys that had a breakout performance in Vele and Enos last week. I would be I would be throwing the football. I, I I think this is an important game. This isn't a game to be overlooked. Yeah. This is not a game to just kind of write off. I think that Oregon State game, like you need to be as confident as you've ever been going into that game next week. Yeah. I would be on that and then I I don't I don't know. I I I feel like I'm the only one who thinks that this could be a tight game. Yeah. You know, like I just I yeah. don't think it's going to be a tight game. Like I, I, you know, if they get off to a slow start, then yeah, it'll be tight in the first half. But I, again, I think it's, they just need to find their groove. Utah is notorious for running the football and playing defense, and they haven't quite hit their stride with that yet. So to me, if you do that against Arizona state, you're, you're going to dominate this game. Okay. All right. Let's move on then. BYU. Yeah. Want to talk about a big line. Yeah. This is a big line. BYU is 21 and a half points over Wyoming. Yeah. I don't you, like you this like line that, at all. You don't like that line at all. No, I don't like this line at all. I think that, I don't know. Some just tells me like, you know, the way BYU got beat last week, obviously this is a get back game. Obviously BYU obviously. is out to prove a point and, and I would expect, you know, full, full fledged offense for at least three quarters in this game. And then I would expect the Jacob Conover show in the fourth. However, I don't like that BYU's run defense has been absolute garbage this season. And that worries me in this game because Wyoming's offense is a run first offense. And to me, you know, if Wyoming is able, because again, Wyoming doesn't need to, you know, reinvent the wheel here, right? You're not going to win this game. But the point is, is that if you can run the football in this game, if you're Wyoming, even if you're just averaging four yards a carry, you're going to possess the football for a good bit against this BYU defense. And that's what concerns me because the BYU defense likes to put three at the line and drop eight and, and play real soft defense. And that's a, that's a, you know, an ideal scenario to run the football. So I'm not sitting here certainly saying that BYU 
is in any danger of losing this game. I do think that this will be an ass-kicking, but what I'm looking for in this game is how does BYU stop the run? Show me you can consistently stop the run, mm. and then I will feel good about this team. You know, just looking at the way the the boys in Vegas have this game, 49.5 is the consensus total. 49.5? Is BYU not going to score 50 points in this game? I'd be surprised if they scored less than 50 points in this game. And again, I know that Wyoming is that team that everybody's like, oh, it's hip, cool, and neat. And Wyoming is not good. Wyoming's not going to score in this game. I, I think 10 points would be a gift. They can't, They I don't believe they'll be able to throw the ball. Um, I think they're a one-dimensional offense. I, I mean... Well, if they're a one-dimensional offense, what is BYU? Like, BYU's been a one-dimensional offense. But I mean, against you're... against their lesser opponents, BYU has been able to run the ball. I would expect Chris Brooks to have 100 yards in this game. Well. I, I would think so. I think uh, BYU's defense is going to dominate. I See, my problem is I'd love to agree with you on Chris Brooks, but I, I don't think we can say we expect him to have 100 yards. Like, he's got to show that he's capable of that. What's he done that gives you any sort of confidence he can do that? Not a lot. But I mean, it, it's Wyoming. I mean, they're they're you're clearly outmatched here. Yeah. I mean, no. Again, I'm BYU's going to dominate this game, but but it's it's a matter of how you do it. BYU over the last decade has been a passing first team. That's who they've been. You know, guys like Tyler Algier have been an anomaly in this program. So that's why, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you roll out against Wyoming and you're two and a half, three yards a carry again. Like that's not going to feel good. That's not that's not a good omen for later well, in the schedule. But I also think that that BYU needs to embrace throwing the football more. They need to become a more open spread offense, which I think Kalani's not not a fan of, because that that puts your defense at a much higher risk, a much higher level of of liability. And I think um, that this is one of those things where they have to figure out. Um, how, in fact, that they can, um, you know, end this game quickly enough that the Papa Murphy's Pizza will still be fresh and hot right off the Traeger Smoker. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you get, make sure you get your Papa Murphy's Pizza tonight. Oh, it's Friday night, man. It's Papa Murphy's Pizza. Not that there's ever a bad night to have the Papa nope. Murphy's Pizza or the Take and Bake Chocolate Chip Cookie Dough, which we will do both tonight. But if I'm BYU, I embrace the throw game more. I mean, if you're not going to be able to run the ball at a, at a level that's effective, yeah, sure, this exposes your defense more, but it also puts the ball in Jaron Hall's hands a lot more. And it, I think it's heavily dependent on whether Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney can stay on the field or, in Gunnar's yeah. case, get on the field. That's my problem. And one of the things I thought was so interesting is the verbiage on Puka Nakua's injury changed this week. Mm -hmm. It is not an ankle sprain. It's a high ankle sprain. Right. Which, if you don't know what a high ankle sprain is, the bottom of your leg has two bones in it. When you have a high ankle sprain, it means that the bones split and one of them almost snapped. It's a very difficult injury to recover from. It usually takes six weeks. And a lot of times what they do is they do a procedure where they drill a hole in both your leg bones and they put a wire between them to bring them closer Bruh. back together. I would not anticipate Puka Nakua being part of the uh, the game plan tomorrow so against you Wyoming. You have to be committed to running the football, man. Like, I don't disagree with you. If you can't run it effectively. Go all in. Like, you, you got, like, I don't know, man. I really struggle with this concept because 
it's cool to say that they should pass more, but if you don't have Puka and Gunner, who are you passing to? Like, Go I get it. all in. Chase Roberts has had a nice start here, but he's Chase Roberts, not Puka Nakua. So that's why I say you got to run the football, man. Like, it's just a fact of life in a football game. you got to be able to run for four or five yards. I think if you are Christopher Brooks, this is make or break. The next two weeks will determine your fate as a BYU football player. And I think he's going to have 100 yards on the ground. I think this offensive line is going to be better this week than they've been at any time this season. And I think BYU is going to score 60 points in this game. And I think they're going to win somewhere in the line of 60 to 17, 60 to 14. Yeah. Something like that. I think you got to pound so. the over in this game. I mean, 49 and a half is I, I am stunned by that. Yeah, that's a pretty low over. I, I am stunned by that number. I think that the over is a gift in this game. I think BYU easily covers the the number, by the way, is now 22. And the consensus um, spread is now 22 and a half points. So I think you I think you take the the win, the cover, and the over. I think it's like 62 to 17. Yeah, I agree. They're going to kick the hell out of this team. I'm just telling you, within the game, like the running thing, you need to watch for that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, what other, Do you like any of the other games this weekend in college football? Because I got to tell you, the spreads this week are almost impossible to bet. I mean, Georgia's a 45-point favorite against Kent State. Now, that's in Athens. So, I mean, yeah, it's, at Sanf- more than that. it's at Sanford Stadium, so you, you would expect. That's a 50-point win for But sure. are you betting that game? I mean, you're definitely not betting Kent State to cover. Michigan's only a – but look at Michigan is only a 17-point favorite at home against Maryland at Michigan Stadium. Well. That's been – that Michigan – this is the best Michigan offense I've ever seen under Jim Harbaugh. It's shocking. Perhaps the best offense we've seen at Michigan in some time. I think one of the best games is is one of the early games – Clemson at Wake Forest. I, th- I would take Wake Forest in that game. Clemson's a seven and a half point favorite. Bet Wake Forest all day in that game. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, Wake Forest is always underrated. I mean, their their opportunity to cover there is pretty good. I would agree. You know the dangerous game of the day, Baylor and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Baylor is in Ames, Iowa, to take on Iowa State. That number is minus two and a half for Iowa State. That's yeah, rough. That's exactly right. I'm taking Iowa State in that game. Yeah, I think you have to. I, I mean, have I, not loved <laughs> at all what I've seen from the Baylor Bears. Yeah, on with the field all due respect year. to Jer Bear, uh, quarterback, uh, I'm not loving his game. I'm sorry, so far. I thought you said Jer Bear. Yeah, Jer Bear. You know. Okay. I think I would go to. Yeah, I think I would. I think I would take Iowa State in that game. Um, but. One of the other games that I think is really fascinating to watch is Oregon at Washington State. You want to talk about a trap game. Well, it's super important that Oregon wins this game because if Oregon can win this game after what they did to BYU, I think now the college football, you know, the AP has to give you a lot of credit on that. Two o'clock, bright sunshine, 70 degrees in Pullman, Washington. I love Washington State in this game. I love Washington State. To win State or just to, to cover? To win, the, to win outright. You like Washington State to win this game. Yeah. I think watching what Washington State did um, at Wisco to win that game on the road, um, I think was nothing short of sensational. They dominated Colorado State in week three. I, I'm, I'm all over Washington State. Um, I just am not a Bo Nix guy. I know how difficult it is to play at, at in Pullman. I love Washington State in that game, dude. I know I'm the only one 
I get it, but I love him in that game. Why do you Why do you say it like? Because I'm, I just think it's like yeah, it's Bo Nix on the road, but it's not like he's you know going to Texas or like Florida or across the country. You know, I mean it's it's only Pullman. Like you're not, you know what I mean? He like said, he should I'm, be I'm, good. I'm sorry, I thought you said it's only Pullman. Yeah, travel wise, Pullman, Pullman feels like it is in. Bethesda, Maryland. Like Pullman is only on the other side of the state of Washington. I get that. It it, it is forever and a day to get there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's interesting. By the way, and I say by the way, Florida at Tennessee. Tennessee's a ten and a point, a ten and a half point home favorite. Tennessee's legit. Yeah. Tennessee's going to win that game by seventeen points. I am telling you now. Tennessee has a chance for a really good season. Yeah, that's I think that that Tennessee Florida game to me is probably the game of the day. But and then I want to talk about Oregon State because I'm sick and tired of hearing about Oregon State. Oh, Oregon State, the Beavs. I mean, that's one incredible Beaver out there. Beaver. I mean, holy Toledo Beaver. Beavs. Now, Research Stadium is respectable. Corvallis, Oregon. Nobody wants to go there. Yeah. But USC is the best offense in the country. And Oregon State hasn't been tested. Oh, Oregon State's undefeated. I mean, look at us. I mean, SC's only a six-point favorite coming into our house. This is our house. SC's going to trash them. Oregon State is not as good as I think people make them out to be. And I am going to be very interested to see. Because if Oregon State wins this game, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Shocked. I think USC wins this game by 10, at least. And only, and only because it's on the road. But it's a night game on the road on Pac-12 Network, you jerks. So dumb, dude. So dumb. I think SC wins by 10. Yeah, I think you got to give that to SC all day. No I, th- I think it, I think they win by no 10. Let's get a couple of comments in here. Um, Jansen says, I hope Arkansas wins. I want them to be a top five team when they come to Provo to lose. When they come to Provo Yeah, I think you're up in the night, buddy. I don't think that they're losing in Provo. I mean, are you an Arkansas believer? Yeah. You are an Arkansas believer. Yeah, I think Arkansas is good, dude. I think Texas A&M, I I have no idea what to make of Jimbo and Texas A&M. Yeah, because they haven't proven anything. Because it's Jimbo. That's what Jimbo does. A, remember this game is being played at... AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Yeah. So this is technically not a Texas A&M home game. But I think you're you're number you're you're Arkansas, you're number 10 and remember that this is a Texas A&M team um, that's coming off of an awful loss to Appy State. They did not exactly impress against Miami. I think Arkansas is winning this game. Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't I, that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think that A&M is anything to to sit here and be like, oh, it's a and Like, it, this is Arkansas all day. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree, Hundo P. Let's see, who else? Uh, Diesel D says, USC plays one-ranked team all season. Their strength of schedule is like 98th in the nation, and they still have the best offense in the country. They're, they're, I've seen all, all, just about every snap of their of their games this year. They're very good. Yeah. They are – I mean, they are – there is nothing that I have seen from USC's offense – that concerns me the least bit. Die is a phenomenal receiver of the football, and he obviously is a prolific running back. You look at what you get out of uh, uh, of those two wide receivers. You look at Caleb Williams. They're starting to throw the ball to the tight ends more. I, I don't know. 
I mean, they're very good. Yeah. They are They are very, very good. Mac Mai says Oregon State should do what Iowa State is planning to do with their the area around their football stadium. Smart, smart move. Okay. Cool. Ames, Iowa for the win, right? You yeah. Know. There you go. Uh, Diesel D says week three usually is always a week of good teams playing bad teams. Most teams want to play one good, one good team in the first two weeks, then a layup game for the third week. I'm ready for college football to be, like, good. Next week, the SEC kicks off. Like, like, <laughs> like the scrimmages are over. Yeah. that uh, I'm telling you, Tennessee-Florida is, is – That's going to be a great game. you got to watch that game. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I think Tennessee – I'd be putting my money on Tennessee and Arkansas. Okay. that That's where I would be. Football at 50, 10 in the hour, every hour. We talk nothing but the biggest headlines in football. Uh, it's always presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. I am so stoked. It's Friday night. You know in the Monty compound, that means we're having Casa Papa Murphy's Monty. Pizza. Yep, we'll get two large pizzas. And actually, Mrs. Monty, is, we'll get her a, a small small pizza. Right. For us, the man's pizza, crust, the dough, the barbecue sauce. Right. The mozzarella. Mozzarella. The onion mix. Mm-hmm. The cheese mix. You, then you got to put the pineapple, the mushroom. Yes. And then don't forget, not only do you have the barbecue sauce, but you got to top that with green onions. Yes. That's what you got to do. Or uh, you could just get the triple pack. No one goes all in on made from scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the triple pet pizza for just eleven ninety nine. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. There you go. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents Football at 50 every hour, 10 to the hour on the Monty Show. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 when you order that pizza. Those take and bake s'mores. No. S'mores. No, it's not s'mores. It's, it's not s'mores. It's s'mores. Okay. Uh, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 for 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the app. It's super cool. Uh, all right. Hour number three of the Monty Show, as always, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business are at UtahAdvocates.com. I want to get to the NBA. We are waiting on this uh, Ime Yudoka press conference uh, in Baston. If you did not hear, uh, Udoka was suspended for the entire season. Yeah. The entirety of the the uh, basketball season there. Uh, whoa, my bad. Where is the... Do, do we not have... Oh, my goodness. I would like to apologize for my inequities. Uh, he released a statement um, through the media uh, where he talked about that he let his family down. Um, and he straight up said that he felt like he was a guy that, um, should have done better here and he should have, um, appreciated his position more. And I apologize. I don't have that statement ready for you. Um, but this situation with Ime Yudoka is an ugly one. And I don't know how you fix this. If you're Boston, I think it's very interesting that they suspended him for the year, um, without terminating him. And if Adrian Wojnarowski, it's a Woj bomb. Woj. Right? If Adrian Wojnarowski is correct, he had a uh, an affair with a woman where he essentially said, hey, I admit to this. I own up to it. Yep. And I need to be better. And he apologized to his family, which I, you know, hey, I, good on you, dude. I mean, that's the best. That's the least uh, that you can do. So... 
you know, my feeling is that he is a guy that has to figure out how he's going to keep his job. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like I look at the statement that he made, he does not seem to worry about his, his job at all. There it is. Thank you, Jake. I want to apologize to our players, fans, the entire Celtics organization and my family for letting them down. Why do guys in these situations always apologize to the team and the organization before their family? I don't know. Like he's been in a long-term relationship with this woman over a decade and you're apologizing to the team first. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think that the first of all, it, the most important portion here is that it was a consensual relationship. So let's not get that mixed up and somehow say that he did something, you know, wrong against the purse against his woman or anything because he didn't. It was consensual. They were both in on it. Um, but number two, I think the biggest problem here and what people are trying to wrap their heads around is what else happened here because this is a a year long suspension that feels extremely heavy for what this is. You know, like I I I agree, it feels extremely yeah. heavy. Yeah, like I don't know, I just don't know what the logic was or the thought process was around the length or the weight of the punishment. And I think that you know everyone's saying, oh well. You know, there's double standards here, and this is Boston, and he only got a year because of, you know, that he was a blackhead coach. And I'm not about that. I think no. it has nothing to do with that. I think I think that there's missing information here, and we, we just have to wait and see what that is. But I do, yeah, I do think that, you know, unfortunately, Ime is just yet another guy that falls into the long list of dudes who, you know, ruined their, you know, career, really damaged their career by making poor decisions. And I, it's just frustrating because it doesn't need to be this way. The Celtics were a great story. He was a great story. And yet here we are right before the season. You've embarrassed your organization. And now we're not going to hear from you for a year. Yeah, I don't. I, I think he's done as the head coach of the Celtics. I don't know how you justify to that locker room bringing him back in. I don't know how you justify to that organization bringing him back in. It, it just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Yeah. What is he? What is this guy going to do? Go golf for the year? And, you know, what, are they going to mandate marriage counseling or like, I mean, there's just no way to fix this. Yeah. You should have fired the guy for sure. And the other thing I want to talk about today, um, I want to get to this Ben Simmons story um, because we've talked about this a lot on this show. And here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com, you know that we are, very, we pride ourselves on being the truth in sports radio. And we tell you, Pretty point blank. Hey, we heard this, and then this usually comes to fruition, right? And so we've talked a lot about this text message group with Ben Simmons. And Rick Buecher, I don't even know who Rick works for anymore, but Rick Buecher, NBA insider, reported that Ben Simmons had left a chat group with the Brooklyn Nets. And because we happen to know the right people at the right time in the right places, we knew unequivocally that never happened. We told you on the show that never happened. And then Ben Simmons went on J.J. Reddick's podcast and said this. That's what I hate about the Internet. Just fucking people just make anything up and it just gets taken too far. Um, but no, I didn't leave a group chat. You know what's funny about that? I actually so, Hold on. Who reported this? It was uh, Rick, I almost Rick, DM'd Rick, him. Rick Duker. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere. I almost DM'd him, man. Out of left field. Wait, go ahead. So I actually text Patty about that. I was like, yo, did I did I leave a group chat? Like, I was so confused. Like, he's like, bro, no one even said anything in the group chat for like a month. Like, at that moment, there's nobody even talking in the group chat when we got to the playoffs or whatever it was. 
Um, so no, I didn't leave a group chat. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And again, this goes back to, you know, being careful with what you believe. I, I love doing what we do and we take it very seriously. And I think it's hard for guys like Rick Buecher to be relevant. I don't care if we're relevant. It's stuff like this that absolutely torpedoes guys. That report did a lot of damage to Ben Simmons' reputation. Yeah. That And the report, if you guys don't remember, it was that Ben Simmons was not going to be able to play in the postseason. Right. That he was not ready mentally to play in the postseason. And that he had told this to the team in a group chat. And then when he was being questioned about that, he left the group chat because he didn't want to be questioned about it. Right. Completely fabricated. Completely made up. According to Patty Mills, as you just heard from Ben Simmons, there was no action in that that Nets text group for over a month. Yeah. It's a completely fabricated story that did real damage to Ben Simmons. So now the perception is, is that Ben Simmons is a liability. And hey, listen, I agree. Ben Simmons missed a lot of time because of a mental health situation. He had back surgery. Yep. But Ben Simmons has been unequivocal and very clear. He's ready to go. He's ready to rock and roll. And I think at some point, we've got to stop victimizing guys who say, hey, you know what? I'm dealing with anxiety or depression. I have a mental health situation. We've got to stop vilifying those guys and, and putting a, a black mark on them because they're dealing with mental health. Ben Simmons is still a hell of a basketball player. And fortunately for him, he's going to get a chance to show that. But it's reports like this that drive me crazy. Yeah. Because you can't just, and Ime Yudoka is another great example of this. You cannot just throw stuff against the wall and hope for the best. Yeah. I, I mean, we're we're watching. So the Celtics press conference has just started on the Ime Yudoka thing. And I think what's really fascinating, whether we're talking about Rick Buecher and this Ben Simmons thing or the Celtics situation, is that I feel like so often now in the media and in, in our in our media culture, that everyone wants to just everyone just wants to be first. They don't want to be right. They just want to be first, and that's what I think happened here. I think that you know guys struggle to be relevant, and they need an opportunity or window in time where they can they can say something or report something that that is the feeling around the league or source based, and it comes out that that actually never happened. And you notice, and again, we're, I'm not trying to turn this into we told you so, but we don't do that on this show. And there's a reason we don't do it on this show because we're just, we don't have to be first. It's not about being first. It's about being right and then giving your opinion on that. And that's what my problem is both locally and nationally. So I, yeah, Ben Simmons, you know, obviously, you know, when you're an athlete of his caliber and you're at his level, there are times in your career where you are going to deal with the media reporting things that aren't true. And that's, what's frustrating. So I don't know, man. I, I think that Ben has a lot of proving to do this, this it coming out that Buger's report wasn't true. doesn't really change how I view Ben Simmons. I think that Ben, you know, probably could have done some things better in Philly as could Philly have done by Ben. Absolutely. But now it's time to put all that behind you. And now it's time to perform because if you don't perform now, your career is probably over. Yep, totally agree. Let's get your thoughts on it. Um, by the way, by the way, by the way, real quick. NY Jazz fan, have to say on my business trip this week, I tried pineapple Canadian bacon pizza. Wow, was I wrong. Loved it. Thanks for proving me wrong, Monty. Let's go. I told you, Let's put go, pineapple man. on pizza. I'm telling you. Put pineapple on pizza. Jansen says, my unpopular opinion of the day is that if you don't like pineapple on pizza, you're a casual. I mean, what more can I say? Yeah. 
Come on. K. Drew says, good morning, guys. Great time to be a Jayhawk. Exactly right. Rock chalk, buddy. Uh, when was the last time Kansas football was this relevant? You know what I mean? Uh, one more off topic. Uh, Junior Dial says, saw, dids. Saw, bro. Uh, sorry to go off topic, but what is that white shoe on the wall? You mean the second one? Reach up there and grab that. That's an Air Jordan 1 mid. Um, I believe this is one you're talking about, I think, anyway. That one right there, that's an Air Jordan 1 mid. Uh, blue uh, swoosh, gray there. I can't remember. I think this is the Paris. Yeah, it is the Paris. It's got the Paris um, Paris logo, Jumpman logo on the... Uh, this is one of my favorite wins recently because one of the things I really like about this shoe, um, and I don't know if, if you guys can tell, but it's got like the pure leather grain. So it's actual like... Can I get the right light? I can't. It's too whitewashed. But it's got like real leather grain and a lot of of Jordans, and we don't buy them, frankly. They're that pleather. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, like that, that plastic leather. Yeah, sort of material. I love this shoe. I haven't worn it yet, and maybe I'll break it out today. Maybe you'll inspire me. Uh, but it's it. I love anything Paris. I'm a huge fan of Paris in Europe and... Uh, by the way, speaking of shoes, you can put that back up there. Speaking of shoes, I wore my uh, Air Jordan 4 pay, uh, PSGs yesterday. Not the most comfortable shoe to walk around in. Yeah. If we're truth-telling, the Jordan 4 is not the most comfortable shoe. I still maintain um, the Jordan... The 9 is really comfortable. The 3 is really comfortable. Um, 11s. The, the, oh, yeah, the 11 is good. The 12 is good, too. The yep, tw yeah, 12 has got some bounce. And I, my, obviously, my favorite Jordan is the Jordan 1 Low. I have a ton of one. But the Jordan 1 Mid is really comfortable. Yeah, so it's all your your favorites. Mac Mize says, NBA TV ratings have to be piss poor if this is the kind of news they're circulating. You know, one of the things I, I a lot of people have pointed out, a lot of people have pointed out, um, and Mark Stein on his, I think on his Substack wrote this first, is the first place I saw it. Did the Celtics leak this story? Do you think it makes sense that the Celtics leaked it? Because it makes no sense that the NBA would leak it. So here's the only way that this makes sense for the Celtics to leak it. The only way that this makes sense that the Celtics leaked this story is there's something bigger at play here that they're not telling the public. So basically, the only way that this would work properly or logically is that Ime Udoka did something bigger um, and more severe uh, that the organization doesn't want to deal with in the media and publicly. And so they said, hey, we're not going to run you through the ringer on this. We are going to have to, you know, we're going to have to let the media know about, you know, what you what you and this woman were doing. We're going to have to do that. But we're as an organization, we don't want to deal with what you actually did, you know. And so they leaked it. He's going to sit out a year. And I have to believe at some point within that year, he will be released and they won't bring him back. I would guess. I would guess. Um. And that's the only way it makes sense to me. I don't know what's at play here. This is very weird. It's the Boston Celtics. Very like, weird. This is a, a prestigious organization, one that you don't really hear about this type of thing too often. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's very strange to have all this going on. Yeah, and they're talking about it now. Uh, Brad Stevens and uh, Wick Grosbeck, the owner of the uh, Celtics, are doing a press conference. And what's interesting to me um, is that Ime Yudoka is not there. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, guess, I, I guess I shouldn't expect him to be there. Well, this in his statement, he said he'd have no further comment. So it makes sense that he's not there. But 
I don't know, man. This concept, my, my problem is there's a big part of me that's like, hey, this concept of, hey, the Celtics leaked it and there's a bigger story at play and we're going down conspiracy alley. That's what I have trouble with. It feels very conspiracy, very like, oh, something bigger is happening. It could just be this is how they decided they wanted to handle it because it's their organization. They said, hey, this is a problem. Well, we need to move on from this. Yeah. And this is how we think it's best to handle it. I feel like a lot of times in life, that is what happens. Whether we agree with how they handle it or not is obviously a different story. You know, I, I, I look at, you know, the, the Deshaun Watson, Houston Texans dynamic. This, this Celtics Udoka thing sort of rings true in that same way. I mean, a lot of people thought the Texans only, only put out the whole Deshaun, you know, masseuse thing, um, to get rid of him because he didn't want to play for them anymore, you know, and to kind of tear him down. So that's why I say this Udoka story is not going away anytime soon. It may calm down. It may fly under the radar for a few months. But eventually, we will get the full story if something did happen. But it's just so interesting to me, again, that if you look at the, the guys in sports who have fallen prey to sex, it's remarkable to me. And whether it is this situation here, the Sarver situation, you know, you look at this this Brett Favre scandal, and I think this is a very interesting parallel. Yeah, Brett Favre likely broke federal law with this volleyball arena thing, uh -huh. and nobody's talking about that. Yeah, Ime Yudoka had a had an illicit affair at work, and it's all anybody wants to talk about. And why is that? Not because he's black. That has nothing to do with it. No, it's because it's the Boston Celtics, and it's and it's you know cheating on your spouse. It's like. It's it's not just breaking the law because I feel like just breaking the law in this country is a very casual and convenient act now with with everything going on in politics and like everything going on in the world. We see law breaking on a daily basis. Yeah. But when it's when it's bought the Boston Celtics and it's NBA and it's, you know, major, major sports. Now it matters. Brett Favre has been retired for like 12 years now, you know. Yeah, it's remarkable to me to see how this is all playing out. I'll be very interested to see if they fire him. Wick Grosbeck today again said that they'll reevaluate his employment um, when his suspension's over. And my feeling is he's dead to the Celtics until his suspension's over. Yeah. Which I think is crazy. Why would you put your organization through this? Yeah. This press conference today, I will again say, should be about them explaining why they fired Ime Yudoka and that they just couldn't tolerate this and – I mean, you you just cannot. And Wick Grosbeck sat up there today and said, "I felt like this was warranted and appropriate punishment." He he had an he had sex consensual sex with a woman, and you suspended him for a year. There's got to be more to it. Yeah, I mean, it it makes no sense to me that. And, and I get it. Ime Yudoka is in a long term relationship with a woman for more than a decade. Great. Let's say he even cheated on his wife if you want to go that far. You suspended him for a year for that? We don't take infidelity seriously in this country. Yeah. When have we ever suspended somebody for cheating on their wife? When have we ever penalized anybody for cheating on their wife? Yeah. Okay, so it's against your workplace rules. The employee handbook says you can't bang a fellow staffer. Okay, you're suspending me for a year? Isn't that just a write-up? Yeah. Like, what, the, what we don't know here is remarkable. Yeah. And I, I don't know that it ever comes out. And I think what's really interesting, what's really, really interesting is the past that guys in sports will get. 
Brett Favre should probably go to prison for what he did. Yeah. We won't talk about that, but we'll talk about a guy having sex outside of his relationship. Yep. I, I just think it is, it's really interesting. We'll see what happens with this situation and and how how much of it comes because out. Because I, I, I don't love, here's my deal with the Brett Favre thing, though. The, the reason I, I, I totally understand what you're saying with it, and I totally see the contrast in it, like 100%. But the problem is what no one's saying is, dude, Brett Favre is not relevant. Like, he's not. He is not a young black he, head but, coach for the Boston right, but Celtics. but he used his position of influence. Brett Favre's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Arguably, the, yeah. not arguably, the best athlete to ever come out of that school. And he used that influence to get money, and he used other people to gain access to but that money. But in this climate... We see this on a daily basis all yeah. the time. I'm I, I'm not trying to. I, I'm not saying that you're wrong. My m more my point is is that is that we're talking about Ime more than Brett Favre because it's sex because it's the boss. Well, that the I Boston agree with. Celtics. That I it's, agree with. It, 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 you know, he's they just went to the NBA Finals. They are relevant. Brett Favre is uh, an old white guy who was a hell of a football player, who has done some very questionable things in his career and in post-career. No one's surprised. I actually agree with Mac Mize here. Lawsuit incoming, not Quinn Snyder. Um, I I wonder if you are, if you are Ime Yudoka. Yeah. You, are, will, you will end your career over a lawsuit? Are you going to sue them? You will end your career so you can sue them? Yeah, but your career is probably over anyway. I, I mean, I... There's nobody that believes he's been suspended for a year for having sex with a fellow employee. Yeah, I think people. Nobody buys that. I think I think other owners in the league are like, what What did he actually do? That's what I think. I think it remains to be seen. I think I, people want to know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it because I, what happens if it comes out he did get a year for this? Well, then other owners in the league are like, oh yeah, I'd hire that guy. I mean, he made a mistake, but a year—that's heavy-handed. I, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see exactly. Like you how... see how different that is, though. Like if if the owner, like if it comes out that they did give him a year just for this and nothing else happened, oh. he's definitely going to work again. But if it came out that he got a year when and when it comes out that he got a year for something else, then it's like, well, what was that something else? It's a weird thing. I'm it, telling it, you, if, if Deshaun Watson can get a job, Ime Udoka can get another job. It may not be as a head coach. It may be he will work in the league yeah. again, though. We'll see. I don't know. Why didn't the Celtics fire him? You you and I don't mean to be redundant or keep saying this. He clearly did something more than having sex with a fellow employee. A consensual relationship. And are you not firing him because of legal terms or parameters or like to protect the organization you know what i mean i don't like, know so I'm and, saying, and, dude. and people always look for for this has nothing to do with his race this has nothing to it it, it has nothing to do with that yeah I, I i outside of the fact that that's why it's so relevant but the punishment i don't think i don't think it, do the, it. The, the the relevance is he's a head coach of the boston celtics that's the relevance it it this has nothing to it it's what that idiot roughs official said yesterday Oh, it's uh, Robert Sarver. It has nothing to do with Robert Sarver being white or black or Ime Yudoka being white or black. He's the head coach of an NBA team. He had a consensual sexual relationship with a fellow employee, and they suspended him for a year? Okay, while I share that opinion, I think that because he's black and the head coach of a Boston sports team, 
I do think that's an added wrinkle to this story. I don't think that people are going to let it go like the public. I don't think the public is just going to let go of the fact that Boston has some history with, you know, making some racist comments at sporting events and, you know, saying some things they shouldn't say. And this guy's a black head coach, and now he's been suspended for a year over what seems to be, uh, as you said, something that most of us would just get written up for. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Congratulations to um, Greg Hawkins. He gives us a $5 tip, which apparently now he needs to save that money and spend it on diapers. Having a new member of the family due in May. All right, let's go. Yeah, new listeners to the show. Let's go. Get them to subscribe. They need their own account. Yeah, can you get your new child to give (laughs) us a thumbs up, please? Yeah. Oh, congratulations, Greg. Glad you you came here. Glad you shared that with us, man. Appreciate you, Greg. Way to go. Congratulations. Congrats. You just got it all going right now, my man. He's got movies out. He's got, like, his career. He's back in the States. Way to go, dude. Way to go. Uh, let's see. San Diego State Aztec says Brett broke the law, though. That is what's relevant. Shame on the producers out there who are minimizing this story. That's totally a very agree. fair point. I totally I, agree. You're right about that. That yeah, it should be more relevant because he and and that's what you were saying that you know he had broken federal law and yeah. You know, I just my thing here though is that I feel like, and I guess this is insane to say honestly, but breaking federal law because again, not trying to piss anyone off. But because of everything that's happened with Donald Trump and everything that's gone on, I feel like we're more used to that conversation. We're more we're more immune to the, the yes. impact of that conversation because it's been in our face so much lately. Well, I mean, if I'm email Yudoka, I'm going to uh, TridayTrading.com slash Monty because I need to make some bread. I need to make some bread, my guy. Uh, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. It is the end of that search for the side hustle. Because not only is day trading a phenomenal side hustle, trust me, thanks to my friends at AMC and GameStop, I side hustled a nice little uh, win on those two. But what I'm telling you is trydaytrading.com slash Monty is something you can scale into a full-time income that is going to meet and smash your expectations for what you want to be making, what you need to support your family, your lifestyle, the dreams and goals that you have. You can do that through day trading. You can stop working that nine to five. You can start working for yourself. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Register for the free webinar. That's all I'm asking you to do. Not asking you to spend your money or spend it. Just watch the free webinar. It really is that easy, right? Yes. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And what you do is you watch the webinar and you make a decision. That's all you have to do. Hey, is this for me? Is this something that's interesting to me? Sure. All right, cool. Let's go on. Nah, that doesn't sound right fit for me. All right, cool, man. Thanks for watching the webinar. Best of luck to you. It is that simple. The best thing about Triday Trading is, one, you're self-employed. You work for yourself. You write your own schedule. You do your own thing. Two, Triday Trading is going to train you and give you high-level elite coaching to help you become a proficient day trader. There is a right way and a wrong way to day trade. Yes. With Triday Trading, they're going to train you. They're going to teach you. They're going to coach you. And then they're going to give you their own money to trade with. That's right. You don't trade with your own money at Triday Trading. They give you their money and you trade with it. And if you make money on that, they give you 50% of the profit. You have nothing to lose at Triday Trading because you're trading with their money. So hit it today, right now, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Free webinar, no obligation. Go check it out. 
make a decision. And then hit me up because one of the coolest things about this show, and whether it's pizza, whether it's the yes. advocates who I was talking to somebody about, or or the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop, or Devery Davis writing mortgages, or all of our sponsors, all of our partners, when listeners go there, they're like, oh, dude, I just want to say thanks for sending me to Barbecue Pit Stop, or thanks for the discount at Papa Murphy's. I've gotten more response on Tri-Day Trading, the free webinar, than any other thing that we've done on this show. It's remarkable. Yeah how easy it is and how impactful it is to people on the show. Well, remember too, you, you know, to make $100,000 a year on something, you only need $274 a day. That's right. So think about it. I mean, like we we look at the $100,000 number, we're like, Jesus, how am I going to get there? Like, that's a lot. But if you break it down into a daily number, you really think you can't make $274 a day when someone's going to teach you the process that's based on information and proven strategies. I mean, it's that's why I say like, we're not on this show. We're only looking to partner with local businesses and we're looking to bring you guys opportunities that can make a difference. We would not have done the Tri-Day Trading Partnership if we didn't believe that it could make a difference for you. So that's why we're getting such good response because what happens is people go and check out the webinar and they're like, well, I, you know, they said to go look at it. I'll, you know, I'll just, it's a free webinar. What do I have to lose, right? And then they're like, uh-oh, this is something I'm interested in. This yeah. is something I need to pursue. And now all of a sudden we've got like three or four people who are in the program and doing really well. Yeah, so it's that's, awesome. That's how it happens. It, it and it's really cool because that's all we're doing here. I mean, yes, we host this show every day, and but we're all the same, dude. We're all just guys trying to thrive in this life. Greg, yes. Greg's having a new child, and you're trying to support your family. That's all this is about. So the thing that I always tell you is. Do the best for you, man, because that paycheck you get every week or every other week, the 15th and the 30th, that's the drug they give you to make you forget your dreams. Stop working for the man and start working for yourself. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. All right, we're following the news out of this uh, press conference um, with the Boston Celtics, and a lot of you are commenting on this. I I mean, maybe we do have to have the conversation. I don't know. This has nothing to do with race. Like, Ime Yudoka is not suspended because they're like, oh, we got to get this black guy out of here. Yeah, that's not what's happening. That's not what this is. We frankly don't know what this is. What this feels like to me is Ime Yudoka had a sexual relationship with somebody who worked at the Celtics. Yeah. And there was more to the story than that. I'm not going to sit here and guess or throw out wild, you know, allegations or scenarios because there's just no good in that yeah there's more to this story and when it comes out we'll talk about it but this has nothing to do with donald trump this has nothing to do with like i see all the crazy comments Ime yudoka is being held accountable for something he did that clearly was very bad or maybe it wasn't i don't know will he sue the celtics probably not yeah probably not because all that's going to do is air people's dirty laundry but i'm a little surprised he is so casually and you know readily agreed to be suspended for a year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody that just he gives just up like, that kind of bread. He's like, uh, yes, sorry to the family, the organization, sorry to everybody, peace out. That's essentially what the statement said. Yeah, you know? and by the way, the other thing here is, good morning to Joshua Blaylock Dixon, who says jizzy. Okay, good morning to you, sir. I want it. Appreciate that. The other thing that I think you have to really talk about here is that the Brett Favre thing should be a much bigger story. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. And until it is, there's, it, I mean, it's just not a level playing field. Yeah. It's you know two different I mean? situations. Yeah. Jansen, I agree. I hate America. We always play the race card. 
before looking at the facts. You don't suspend a coach for his race. No, you don't. No. No, you do not. No, you don't. Uh, let's see. San Diego State Aztec says, sounds like Cal and UCLA need each need to be on the Tri-Day Trading free webinar. $170 million equals $365,000. Uh, $466,000 a day. There you well, go. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, well, you can make that day trading. You just better be really better not miss. I want better you know, like, yeah, dude, like it's crazy to me. Yeah. The money that we're talking about in college sports is crazy to me. Yes. It is absolutely crazy to me. So, uh, before we skate, should we, uh, ask you what you think your favorite movie of all time is? What do you... This is a really important question, our non-sports story of the day. Because I want you to know that I am not prone to violence. Right. But I swear if you say Lord of the Rings, I'm going to reach over there. trying to control their little world. I will choke you with your drawstring. The Hobbit? (laughs) You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. The Hobbit. The Dark Knight is my favorite movie of all time. That's your favorite movie of all time? Yeah. Yeah. Better movie, Shawshank or Gladiator? Gladiator. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's close for me. Yeah, Shawshank obviously is a phenomenal film. I think, and the reason I ask is because I think Gladiator is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. I think the acting, the writing, that's my favorite movie of all time. But what is even in your... Yeah, I mean, Gladiator, Shawshank. Uh, the, I love the Bourne movies for sure. That's definitely in my watch all the time list. Um, <laughs> my guy, Wings of Gumby said Harry Potter. I thought for sure you were going to say no. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Stop. That or Fast and the Stop. Furious. You, see, you, see, you say things seriously so people think you're you're literally saying that. Like, people believe that those are actually even in the conversation. You are salty today. Will you at least admit that? Yeah. That I mean, you I'm, are salty I'm tired. as hell it's today. Friday. We've worked like four 14-hour days in a row. Like, I'm tired, man. All right. Um, Jansen says, Top Gun Maverick or the King of Staten Island? Stop it. Jeff, uh, whoa, comment. Um, Jeff Clausen, Master and Commander, is your favorite movie of all time? Ken Williams says, uh, Lord of the Rings is great. Read the book. Stop. Oh, my God. That drives me crazy. It's really despicable. Um, If you go ahead and read the book, the book is better than the movie. Yeah. The book is never better than the movie. (laughs) That drives me crazy. It drives me. And and the best example of this is like the Godfather or like Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Do you know how big those books are? If you, as an adult, read Harry Potter, the books, you're a loser. Like, get a life. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Totally kidding. The book is never better than the movie. Stop saying that. Never, ever. All right. How about only wrong answers? Oh, Jesse Harsh. Jesse Harsh's answer. Jesse Harsh. Oh, Heat is a great yes, movie. Heat's a great movie, dude. It's not a great mo- movie. Of all time. But listen, there are a lot of movies that are like great, like uh, Fifth Element. Fantastic movie. Not one of my favorite movies of all time. You weren't expecting this. Right? No, I'm being serious. Like, Fifth Element is one of my favorite movies to watch. If it's on, I'm watching. Right. Absolutely, I am. Uh Uh-huh. Right? So, like, the Bob De Niro Hitman movie that I love to watch. I can't think of the name of it. Ronin. Like, Ronin is a great movie. Right. I will watch Ronin anytime. (laughs) The Bourne series. I swear, if you say Star Wars (laughs) is your favorite movie, you're getting beat. Like, I'm kicking you in the face. 
No way. But no one's going to disrespect me. No. I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> when I die, I'm going to paradise. Oh. Let's see. Uh, Ken Williams says, have you read them? I have. I don't read. I can't read. How about that? Guy, you watch this show every day, Ken. You know I can't read the comments, let alone Harry Potter books. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mac Mai says, stepbrothers hangover Scarface. Forrest Gump castaway. Any Clint Eastwood film. There you go. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, let's see. Joshua Blaylock Dixon, Fifth Element is yeah, amazing. Yeah, Fifth Element's fire, dude. Yeah. Yes. Fifth Element's awesome. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, Ruff's official says, Monty can't read books without pictures. Well. No, I can't read books that aren't pop-up books, Dick. You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. There's a big difference between pop-up and pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. I can't read a coloring book either. Correct. Um, wait, let's see. Chuck. I have not seen Chuck. I've not seen Chuck. Taxi. Great TV show. Ooh, Varsity Blue is a good movie. Varsity Blue is a good movie. Um, Russell, oh, Jeff Clausen says, Russell Crowe is awesome in Master and Commander. Didn't get the attention it deserved because it came out close to Pirates. Yes, I would agree. Oh, San Diego State Casino. Good movie. Bronx Tale, absolutely. Always make sure that that woman leans over and unlocks the door. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, Animal House, actually. Have you ever seen Animal House? Yeah. Animal House is a great movie. Yeah. It's not one of the best movies of all time. It's a good movie. Right? We're Like, of the Batman movies, I don't think it's even close. Yeah, The Dark Knight's by far the best Batman movie. The Dark Knight is yeah. by far. Batman Begins is a close second. Oh, stop. Why do you see... Like, you were doing so well. You don't like the first Batman movie? No, it's not that I don't like it. It's not even in the same realm as The Dark Knight. Yeah. It's not... Like, all of these... Dude, Ra's al Ghul is a great villain. Oh, Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> uh, breaking news, a jazz made a trade for a European guy named Ra's al Ghul. My eyes, he's the greatest you to know, ever do it. He's amazing. Uh, I don't... Like, Ra's al Ghul. Stop it. I'm not a comic book movie guy. Are you like a DC? Sometimes. I have to be in the mood. I have to be in the mood. I can't just turn it on. Okay. Okay. Who else? Ben-Hur? No. Goodfellas, yes. Goodfellas, yes. Absolutely. Independence Day? First movie Mrs. Monty and I ever saw. What about American Gangster? Oh, American Gangster's good. Who's your favorite actor? Oh, Christian Bale, Dark Knight. I really like Denzel. Matt Damon. I don't have a favorite actor. Yeah. I like a lot of these guys. Russell Crowe's fantastic when he's not fat. Yeah. Um, there's a movie that Russell Crowe is in called Proof of Life. Excellent movie. Meg Ryan's so hot in that movie. Um, but I don't have a favorite actor. Dude from 007 that I can't remember his name. James Bond? What do you mean you can't no, remember not his name? James Bond, dickhead. <laughs> the guy who plays James Bond. Jesus. Daniel Craig. Good lord. Come on, that was Good awesome. Good lord. That was amazing. Yeah. I, the yeah. guy from 007, what's his name? James Bond. Daddy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. Daniel Craig. The thing that pisses me off about Daniel Craig, have you seen his abs? Daniel Craig is a good-looking dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have abs. Do you even live? Like somewhere under like the Super Chicks ranch dressing and stuff. Are people myring? By the way, we went, to, uh, we went back to Dirty Bird last night. Yeah, pretty good. 
Dirty Bird in Riverton at the uh, new Mountain View Village. Fry game at Dirty Bird is better than it is at Super Chicks. I would agree. I Ranch was pretty good. I would agree. You should check Dirty Bird out yeah. for sure. Uh, Cobra Kai, Tanner Plummer says, stop it. <laughs> Tanner? Tanner? No. Uh, let's see. Jansen says, my guilty pleasure movie is Pride and Prejudice. My girlfriend and her grandma made me watch it, and I hate to admit it, it was actually really good. Well, like The Notebook is that movie, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, is there a movie where you're, when you're trying to repopulate the earth or put seeds in the garden, like, is there a movie? No, I'm not watching movies while I do that. You're not? I'm all all business. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. don't. No. Driving Mrs. Daisy is not that movie. Jesse What Wilson. about the Green Mile? Green Mile is a good movie. You're watching the Green Mile when you want to have sex? No. No. no I didn't what? say that. <laughs> it's not what I said. Uh, hey, man, I need to get in the movie. Can, or I need to get in the mood. Can you pop on a movie? <laughs> um, have you ever seen Heat? <laughs> what is a movie you do not put on? Well. Nemo. You know. There's this movie, Nemo. By the way, the fish doesn't die, and he finds his dad back home. Um, But the question is, is Nemo a true story? (laughs) I still have never seen Lion King. Why do you get that look? You get that look on your face. This guy has never seen The Lion King or Nemo or Toy Story. Look, man, The Lion King? Dude doesn't know how awesome Rafiki is. Fucking Rafiki. Like Rafiki, this... (laughs) (laughs) Look, there's this cat, Rafiki. He's not a cat. He's actually like a bird. Um, and when I say bird, I mean monkey or gorilla. It's right. the same thing. Right. Anyway, you know. this guy Rafiki, he grows up and he's quite the hairy dude. So him and Nemo get on the West Australian Pike turnstile, <laughs> and they go to the hair salon to get waxed. It's a great. That dog says kitty cat is not yeah. yours to have. I mean, okay. I mean, if you've seen The Hangover and all three best friends anyone can have, yeah, Rafiki, Nemo, and this dick. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm gonna save you. Let me tell you. I'm gonna do you a favor. The Lion King. I'm gonna do you a favor. If you have not seen The Lion King, you're not living. I mean, the lion, the life lessons in The Lion King. Look, bro, circle of life. Tell me I'm wrong. You want? You want to debate it? Look, I'll. I'll go to my grave on this. The circle of life, bro. What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to... Do you see what I have to work with? 